pot of gold. I'll react violently, flailing. Uh Oh, you probably have some trauma from it. It shakes me to my core. (laughs) I'm sorry about that, I don't want to go there. I'm sorry. I don't want to go there. I'll just (laughs) just tickle you like this from across the room. Just (sighs) just to clarify, I've never been molested. Oh, I didn't know that's the joke we were making. I I just thought because I used to hold you down and tickle you a lot. Not my butthole, though. (laughs) No, yeah, Uh, no, I have... Definite trauma, severe trauma from tickle attacks. Uh huh. It wasn't tickle attacks; it was tickle torture. Yeah, you'd cry. Uh, yeah, it I hurt. I would do it till you cry. It hurt. If you're still laughing, I wasn't tickling you hard enough. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry about that. Thank you. I could really use a change of scenery. Yeah. Everybody's smoking all the greenery. Yeah. Close the matches, they were handed down to me. But I'm still fly. I'm still fly. I know. I'm still fly, I'm still fly, let's go. It could all be worse, I could be a hater like you. It could all be worse. Clothes that make the man, but that poison's gonna chew you. From the inside out, so right now. Say it with your chest now, say it with your chest now. I'm young, I'm free. That is actually perfect. Oh. I'm going to move this down so I don't keep doing that. Here comes that rain. Dude, right on time. Okay. So. Set, let that mic stand settle. I hear a ringing from these springs when you use all cheap stuff it just like has a hum of cheapness the little things add up yeah the poor soundproofing you can hear the rain the rain is is annoying but it's kind of not that really that bad in the final recording other than the editing aspect i like it yeah it, it's, it's reminds me of the edition me too this whole thing reminds me of the edition especially because mm-hmm. i'm doing my kitchen and it smells like wood in there yeah that was, I, even though it's kind of a weird story and nobody gets it when I talk about it, um, great memories of the oh, edition. Yeah. Like, that was like the ultimate camping trip. Mm-hmm. Um, all the excitement of camping, plus you get a bed. Yeah. Um, a little treacherous. Yeah, there's nails sticking out of the wall. Yeah. Top bunk was a little sketchy. Yep. <laughs> Remember the cardboard on the bottom bunk that was ripped and it looked yeah. like the Patriots emblem? I remember it. Exactly. I could I could just picture it in my head right now. I, I think of all the shelf space we had. Yeah, I remember how, how that place smelled. Yeah, yeah, all the all the studs in the wall and oh smelled yeah, like any old addition. Yeah, that was a good time. It's a lot better than sharing a room with her sister. Yeah, it definitely was. Yeah, I, anytime I sleep in a really cold room, especially if it has like a a point source heater, like electric oh, heat, yeah. like the one sitting next to you now, even. I, and you smell that smell like the dust cooking off the burner, mm-hmm. and you see your breath. It just like makes me smile. Yeah. I I it, immediately I'm taken back to like grabbing that pair of red red handled pliers to turn on the heater mm-hmm. and sit in front of the heater with you on the top bunk. I remember in the winter time coming in from the shower every morning and lifting my towel and throwing it over the heater and just like if if my ass and my nuts can get warm, I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs> Because oh, it was man. cold in there. It was really cold. There was open holes, yeah. uh, a lot of them, well, and where cords would come through and stuff. And it was just one layer of OSB. 
Yeah. You know, no siding. But it was ours. No insulation, no sheetrock. And it stayed that way forever. It was the best fort I've ever had. Yeah. This one's a close this second. One, this one beats it. This is cool. I love your studio. Thank you. Uh, the art is great. I appreciate you saying so. It's That was really fun to make. Oh, I bet. I didn't even... It was kind of weird because uh, I put a lot more time into the, the wall than I did any other part. It was important to me at the time. I don't know why. It's the best part. I could have easily just painted it one color and called it good, but for some reason I wanted to paint a picture on it. Well, that's kind of the point of this whole thing, right? Yeah. Letting your I just wanted to let it flow. Out. Yeah. And I, I don't regret it. It was fun. Yeah, I can see you started taping and you got into a flow state and you just let it rip. Yep. Look what you got. That's exactly what happened. It's beautiful. And navigating that with my family was the hardest part. Like, helping them understand, like, I'm okay. Yeah. I'm just going to do this for I'm a bit. I'm not manic. I was manic. You were manic. I was. And that's fine. Okay. I'm not upset about that. That's not a dirty word. It's, Are we live? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, no, it's not a dirty word. It's a big part of a lot of lives. That's where I get shit done. Yeah. I go in big bursts absolutely there's a reason for it yeah. i mean that aspect of people it's meant for something it's a personality type it's not just a mental illness it, yeah. uh, it can become a mental illness but it's not always that mm -hmm. knowledge can become a mental illness yeah if you use it in the wrong way you know there's a lot of different human abilities and traits that can easily become run amok yes and then they're not that useful common sense and logic can be yeah. one of them it can make you boring as fuck it can make you evil that can make you evil too you can justify some bad shit because it makes sense that's actually very good point hitler was really smart it's 6 a.m and we're going into hitler <laughs> yeah but you're right um he was able to convince millions of people to kill millions of other people yeah and that's pretty hard to do mm-hmm yeah. He was a special guy. Yeah. He was an artist. People he wouldn't let him do literally, his art. He literally was an artist. Yeah. Yeah. And look what happened. And he was an angry artist. So it's probably good that I got to get out here and paint. Yeah. You are pretty uh, likable. Thank you. People listen to you. Uh, I see where you're going. I see where you're going. I don't <laughs> want to be compared to Hitler, though. So I'm, I'm comparing you to the... The best parts of Hitler. <laughs> yeah. Hitler at his prime. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. So I came up with a list of topics that I think would be fun to talk about with you. What do you got? I'll read the whole list, but I honestly, we could talk about all of these or one of these or none of these, and I'd be okay. But the list is topic number one, God and religion. That's a good one. Those are actually separate. Let's pull those apart because they're yeah. not the same thing. Uh, number three, evangelicalism. That's a tricky one because it's very closely tied to God and religion. Yes, it is. But it's really not the same thing. Parenting, spanking, yeah, um, sexually, I mean, uh, violence, that kind of ties in with spanking in the bedroom, yeah. um, mental health, and the Cherokee kid. Okay. Jed, now Can don't you go mistaking brave for courage, or don't you go mistaking stupidity for courage. You remember that line? Yeah. You ever yeah. say that to Jed? No. Uh, but I might. That's a good one. Jed. I, I uh... I want to show Jed that movie. It's good. I think she's ready. Does she know that she's named after um, Gregory Hines? No, I didn't remember there's a Jedediah character. Oh, yeah. He's the, the whole impetus for the whole plot. 
Oh. Okay. He's the Undertaker. Oh. So you're the Undertaker. Oh. Yeah, I'd like to say that I named her after that, but I, it was just my middle Jed name. Jed Clampett also is another Jed. Yeah. Jedediah Villa, Villa, Villa or something. A woman. I think she was on The View for a minute. That's cool. I When you guys first were talking about naming her Jed, I thought you were joking. Yeah, for a lot like, of people for did. like six months. Yeah, um, and it was a good one. I, I I thought it was actually really funny because I thought it was like a an evasion tactic. Yeah, um, like just, stop asking me about the name. Yes, um, and so I was doing it too. I was telling people you're naming her Jed. Mom was pissed. Why? Because it seems like a really shitty name for a girl. All names are weird at first. Yeah, and you gotta. She, she's growing into it. Everyone will. If you named her Blep or Loopy. She, yeah. People would eventually get used to it. I named my dog Jambo. Yeah, and now know? people love it. Yeah, it fits them. Yeah. that's There's nothing wrong with a weird name. Yeah. I like standard names because they uh, they just get rid of the, the issue. I don't have to talk about the name because I have a weird name. Yeah. And it's annoying. Yeah. Not a lot of Jeffs out there. Way too many. <laughs> Way too many Jeffs. If, if I, should, I should have probably picked a, a less common nickname. Yeah. There's a lot of potential there. I could have been, I, people could have been calling me Trip this whole time. Oh, yeah. I could be Trip Nesbitt. Yeah. That'd be that cool. That would have been cool. Way to go, Mom and Dad. Call me the same thing Dad called himself. Maybe Trip could be your rap name or something. Ooh. I like that. I think I'll do that. Oh, yeah. I wanted to get into pseudonyms and oh, yeah, aliases. Okay. <clears throat> um. I know we've had this conversation before. I'm really fond of Thomas O'Malley. Yeah, Thomas O'Malley is an excellent one. I, some people get it, some people don't. That's the way. That's the way it should work. Yeah. So that every once in a while, someone's like, "Wait, is that a fake name? That's that's the cat on Aristocats." <laughs> Abraham De Lacey, Giuseppe Casey, Thomas O'Malley, O'Malley the Alley Cat. That's a great film. It is. Uh, that mouse on there who gets all fucked up and the, drinks the creme the de la creme de la Edgar. And uh, chases the cats. Mm -hmm. And that wino pours out his wine. A lot of um, underage drinking in those old Disney flicks. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Why do you think that is? Alcohol was a little, accepted a little differently back then. You know, it played a different role. Yeah. Do you drink much? Haven't drank in seven days. I drink last Sunday. Do you get hammered when you drink? I have a tendency to try to. Do you like to uh, like go out and enjoy the social aspect, or, or are no. you drinking with your wife? Um, at home, if we have company, I like to like to drink. We go to dinner somewhere, restaurants, or people's homes. Yeah. Um, as far as the bars, would rather be any other place yeah they're not that fun yeah and i used to feel really differently about that what you used to feel like i was drawn to them for all sorts of debaucherous reasons looking for love mm -hmm. uh looking for a fight looking for Just trying to live some excitement trying to feel trying to go to a place where Everyone else is doing all the terrible shit I'm doing, so I don't feel as bad about it. Misery loves company. Why is that shit so terrible? Um, because it's terrible for your body, even worse for your mind. 
What if you'd only do it every once in a while? Like if you go to the lamplighter every once in a while and get blackout drunk? Not blackout drunk, but just, I mean, not everyone gets blackout drunk every time they go out. Mm. I haven't been blackout drunk for a long, long time. I'm a bad example. You don't go out a lot. I don't go out at all. Um, but I don't know. It's just, there's, I have an issue with the all or nothing mentality. Yeah. And it's something that's kind of new. I didn't, I used to be the same. I I was just talking with mom the other day about this. So she had a, uh, she was meeting with an old friend and going out to dinner and she was all stressed out about it because she was really feeling tempted to have a beer. Yeah. Which is okay. Yeah. And she couldn't bring herself to just be okay having a beer. And it's not like she's worried that if she has a beer, she's going to spiral and have 10 beers. She's, she's not like the typical alcoholic mindset. She just thinks that God doesn't want her to have that beer. And so it's part of her test and her journey to not have it. I think sometimes mom has no problem having a beer or two. Yeah, exactly. And doesn't really beat herself up too much. I think sometimes she feels called to set it aside. Mm -hmm. And when she feels that, you know, she wants to prove her fortitude. She, it is a failure when she sets that goal yeah. and doesn't attain it. It's a failure. That's true. But that's she, where I'm at too. Yeah. And that's a good, I think that's actually a good thing it's for her. Self-imposed. Yeah. It builds strength and everything, but she's, always done it so that like it's kind of a continuous goal that it never really is accomplished she's it's not like she just decided i'm not i'm never gonna drink again and she set it down she's she just likes to to suffer so she wants to like it's i was trying to convince her like just if you really want to have it just have one and and try to enjoy your night but don't set these arbitrary goals and then punish yourself for not achieving them yeah it doesn't make any sense and and it's one thing if you are truly feeling like God is calling you to this goal, um, and then the suffering is part of it yeah. because it's like I want this to mean something, and that's that's a good thing. But it can also just be a fixation, be like because I I had that for years where oh it can be a obsession yeah you know? where I I just really really thought it was important to be completely sober yeah so I would think about that all the time and like plan it out and how I'm going to do it and like think about how wonderful that version of me would be with and how just like if I didn't do any drugs or drink alcohol or anything all these parts of me that are hitting are laying there hidden are just going to emerge and I'm going to be the person I'm supposed to be and all this stuff and you're going to be happy yeah it'll be that's the key of right there yeah and that's also the delusion it's bullshit it's not that's not the way it goes you feel less happy uh, for a lot of it. If if happiness is your goal... You, Keep getting fucked up. <laughs> yeah, you, you, uh, you're in for some hurt. But, you know... The thing is, you just can't ever be happy all the time, no matter what state you're in. We're not built like that. No. So you might as well endure some positive suffering. Yeah. 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 And It's all about perspective. So, Sobriety's good for that. Yeah. It is. It is. Uh, I'm going to have a drink of water. Um, have you been going to church? Uh, we've been. Uh, oh, I guess churches are closed, or are they? No, they're they're, they're open. open. Um, to as far as I know, um, I did go to the church on the hill, the old ICC with oh, cool. mom on like a Thursday night. 
couple weeks ago. It was really fun. That's, that's good. I like that place. Yeah, there's some good vibes in there. Um, me and Brooke have been putting on some Judah Smith on Sunday mornings, just watching it. Who's that? Uh, he's a preacher from Seattle. He's been preaching since he was like, well, really, I mean, his, he's a seventh generation preacher. Oh, wow. Also a hipster. Mm. Um, I didn't like him right at first. Does he have like black frame glasses? He's got uh, glasses you would think someone from the late 70s, early 80s would wear. Oh. They work for him, though. Uh, he doesn't wear socks a lot. Wears, uh, like, odd shoes and rolls up his pants hmm. with no socks. And I was like, ugh. It must yuck. be sticky feet. Mm-hmm. Clammy, for sure. Ugh. Uh, we're talking le- leather shoes. Oh, my God. I wouldn't let him take his shoes off in my house. No. But, uh... I'd wash his fucking feet, man. <laughs> <laughs> With your tears? Uh, I'd probably use peanut oil or something. <laughs> uh, Some myrrh? Do you have any myrrh? I don't. I, oh, this candle's myrrh. I'm fresh out. I don't even know what myrrh is, actually. Smell that candle. Teak wood and... No, this is myrrh. I also have frankincense in the house if you want to get a little bit of that up in you. Mm, that's good. So... I've come to love him. I've learned a lot from him. Cool. I, he's a uh, he's my number one watched guy on YouTube. Uh huh. Um, which is saying something because I'm a severe YouTube addict. Oh really? And uh, fuck, he makes me cry all the time. Really? Uh, good tears. A good teacher will do that. Mm-hmm. And it's like not the t- type of tears where you're like, oh, I feel like a good cry coming on, but I'm gonna fight it. It's just like I'm not even thinking about the crying, and then I realize my my beard is wet, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm gushing. I love a good cry. Oh, it's so healthy. I cry, I cried briefly last night. Um, it was it was it caught me by surprise. Yeah. And it was like a quick like a just a burst of like a flash of emotion, and then it was gone. Yeah. Um, I was watching this movie called Bliss. Hmm. It's a uh, on Amazon Prime. It's like a Amazon original starring Owen Wilson. And Selma Hayek. Oh, I think I saw a preview. It's a really good movie. I mean, it's a pretty good movie. So it's it's not the most expertly done and beautifully shot or anything like that, yeah. which I think it could have been because it would have fit well with the type of movie it was. But the the plot was great. The writing was pretty good. It was overall it was a solid A minus. Yeah. Um, but basically, it's kind of a psychedelic makes you wonder whether or not um, everything's real. You don't know what's real and what's fake the whole time. And it follows this guy, Owen Wilson, who is a... It's pro- He's probably a meth head. Yeah. In the beginning, he's snorting oxys or something, and then you just kind of... So he's relatable. Yeah. He goes back and forth between these two worlds, where um, in one world, he's a homeless guy, and they're going around looking for these blue crystals... Um, cause the blue crystals give them powers and they can like, you know, move things and part crap, give them telekinesis and things like that. Selma Hayek is another homeless lady and, um, it's really good. And then the other world, when they like jack out of that world, uh, they're like rich scientists and they go into this thing called the brain box and that takes them into these like disgusting meth head worlds, uh, to like basically to provide perspective. So that they can appreciate the world they've lived in, they're living in now. So okay. in, it's in the future. Things we've like fixed 
all of society's problems. So there's no more pollution, poverty, anything like that. So people start getting despondent. And so they create these fake worlds where you get to go like be a homeless meth head. And it's cool. It's a Just good movie. Just for the juxtaposition or juxtaposition or what's yeah. the word I'm looking for? That is the word. Having something to compare. I think that's the perfect word. And so he has kids in the meth head world and they the worlds start overlapping and so it goes it changes the viewer's perspective to be like wait is he a scientist it okay or is he a meth head or is he a tweaker with mental illness um and so that going back and forth on that and then seeing like his kids and how they're suffering it reminded me of a lot of people yeah. um and just like some of the parent child relationships i have known that have and it just made me feel for the these characters. And then at the very end, um, he has to choose between which world. And I, I don't want to spoil it, but he makes his choice and he ends up hugging his daughter. Um, and like when he hugged his daughter, made me cry. Yeah. It, and I was like, oh, my God, you made the right choice. You chose your daughter. Good for Owen Wilson. Yeah. It was a really good movie. And I'll have to watch it. Yeah, you'd like it. It's, it's, yeah, it was pretty good. I don't want to spoil it, but yeah, it was good. <clears throat> I will, I will give it a watch. Uh, how's Jetty doing? She's doing good. She's still got a chal- chalazon, uh, infected gland in her eyelid. Yeah, I saw that. She's been on antibiotics for quite a while. That sucks. It's looking like she's going to have to get it removed, but it's a minor thing. She's not concerned about it at all. No, I bet not. It bugs me. Bugs Brooke. Yeah, I bet. Bugs Grandma really bad. <laughs> it looks like it's gotten better. Yeah. No, it has. The antibiotics helped. Um, I I think there's just a f- physical blockage. A know? little gland or something? Yeah. I'm. I'm. I, they said it can be surgically removed, but if there's a gland there, something needs to exit. If they remove the exit, what's, what happens? I don't know. What if they just remove the blockage? Maybe like the little tip is calcified. Like when you got a bottle of glue, yeah. just cut the tip off. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I don't That would probably be what they do. I don't know, though. But I have faith in our medical industry somewhat. Yeah, me too. They've been good to me. They got that baby out of Tosh. Praise God. That thing was like 20 pounds. Big baby. Yeah, her prize hog. I know. I can't wait to go out there. She makes big babies. She's good at it. How big was Eli? I just, I don't know, but big. He was a thicky too. Yeah. Yeah, good for her. Yeah, she's uh she's pumping them out. She's doing good. You think they'll have any more? I hope not for Tasha's sake. Did she, she works her ass off. She didn't get her tubes tied, did she? I don't believe she did. But Did um, you get a vasectomy? I was had one on the schedule. I Filled my Valium prescription, took the Valium. One pill? Uh, two. Oh, nice. They only gave me one. And uh, canceled it because I didn't want to do it. Was absolutely dreading telling Brooke because, uh, you know, she had such a hard pregnancy. It It affects your sex life when you're worried that the most harsh physical pain you've ever had that lasts for nine months 
could come back yeah. because what you're doing right now makes what you're doing right now a little more stressful. Um, and if we didn't have another baby, I would be fine. You know, I love my kid. I've got lots of love to spread and there's lots of kids that I could love, but I would prefer to have another child. Um, we're, we're in, we're having a conversation about it, but anyway, back to my story. Um, I had scheduled it, gone in for the evaluation, filled my volume prescription, took my volume <laughs> early <laughs> and, uh, just didn't feel right. So mm -hmm. I called, I think it was a Tuesday. I called the appointment was for a Friday and I canceled it. Um, and I was just really sweating telling Brooke, I wasn't sure how she was going to respond, but she called me at work that day and said, Hey, I don't think you should get the vasectomy. I think you should, you should cancel. Oh, good. And I said, why? And she said, because you don't want to do it and I don't want you to resent me. You know, I think she understood that, you know, the physical pain you feel when you think about someone taking a knife to your scrotum, um, for that, for me, it, it scares me. It yeah, seems like good. the most unnatural thing. Literally the last thing in the world I would sign up for. Um, but she recognized that, and she is with it enough to say, like, if you're not ready to do it, you shouldn't do it. And I said, hey, I really appreciate that. I never told her that I had already canceled it. Oh, so wow. this will be interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I hope she understands. Well, she still gets the credit. Yeah, yeah, no. I, I'm, I was really happy with her uh making that decision good yeah and it, it was a god thing because i was really really stressed about telling her uh -huh. and it's one of those things you know i'm praying about it and praying for it to come out a certain way and i didn't even think of her just calling me and telling me don't do it yeah um, and that's god put that on her mind and he just it's god's plan god's plan not our plan yeah it works yeah. out we should we should plan but be it, flexible yeah don't get so attached to your plans yeah be careful with your hands on your pants oh okay i hear i'm hearing them a bit um it's not bad though um but yeah i agree um you just really never know how it's gonna work out you can only plan so much yeah when i was getting my nuts snipped i even said this to the doctor i was like and i, and I didn't mean it in a threatening way or like a i realized Right after I said it, that I shouldn't. I should not have said that. But um, I was like, "It's weird." I was just commenting on the weirdness. I wasn't like tempted, but I was yeah. just like, "It's so weird." But I like really am having an impulse to punch you in the face right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like, can understand that. And I thought he would laugh. Like, oh, that's funny. I get that all the time. You probably scared him. He didn't laugh, but I don't think I scared him. He had a knife. He was holding my nuts in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. But it, the the nurse laughed, and then I tried to explain myself because like your scrotum is literally opened like like a zipper, you know. Yeah, he pulls it out. And yeah, and he pulls it out. And does he pull one out or one at a? I don't know. I, I oh I know he actually he does like a he's got like a crochet hook, and he uh, goes in there and he loops it around the vas deferens, pulls that out, just pulls the vas deferens, snip, clip, pop it back in. It was really a very quick thing. It's nothing compared to a woman getting her tubes tied. That's a that's what I've heard. That's a major surgery. Boy, just ask them; they'll tell you. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, 
after having birth or giving birth and then having that big of a surgery. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know what, I mean, you've already done so much. Why not just one little thing? How yeah. hard could it be? Yeah. I know what you're saying. They're lazy, dude. They're lazy. <laughs> exactly. Um, no, but in all honesty, I know that's why I did it. I didn't want her to have to do yeah. that. It's the um, right move. Yeah. And three kids is plenty. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I don't regret it at all. It's also, it's really nice to not have to worry about birth control. Yeah. Um, not that I really worried before. <laughs> I think the way a woman's body is so complex and their systems are, are very, very delicate. It's like a, a German car. Yeah. You, uh, I think Italian it's Italian car. It's, it's, said Italian. It's the right move to just do it for your wife. If she's your wife and you know like the whole point of getting married is, oh, I know this is my partner forever. Mm -hmm. Reliable. If if there's any question, like, oh, well, what if we split up and I would change my mind? And I want to have another kid. It's like then don't you shouldn't it. be married. Yeah, you know. But yeah, and but that's I mean that's always going to be at the back of people's mind. It's if it's at the front of your mind, don't get your nuts cut because <laughs> yeah. that means you've got some marital problems. Yeah. Um, but no, I didn't really worry about that. Also, they're reversible. Worst case scenario, about eighty percent of the time, you can go back in and. Do it. But I'm, I'm pretty sure I can fuck my way through a vasectomy, <laughs> so I don't even care. Um, I've been told that it's not as minor of a surgery, and it's about ten grand to get it reversed. Yeah, and I was you got to do mine at home. About an eighty percent chance of it taking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't to think really about. worry about that. I'm not having any more kids. Yeah, yeah, but. That's okay. Speaking of kids, um, so we got spanked as kids a fucking lot. Yeah. A lot, a lot. Daily. At the time and growing up, I really, I bought in and I was like, this is the right thing. Oh, yeah. I deserve this. Yeah. Um, and I didn't want it to happen, but, you know, it, it was never really hurting all that bad. It was yeah. more a psychological punishment than mm -hmm. anything else. But... Um, I don't spank my kids, and they're not brats. Yeah. So I think maybe mom and dad were bullshitting us the whole time. Yeah. Um, I think it's it's an effective um, technique for pets. Yeah. You know? It's, <laughs> it's effective. It's effective everyone. in the moment for yeah. children, but if you're trying to teach them long term, it's really ineffective, and it gives them anger problems. Yeah. And yeah. it gives them a quick reaction toward violence. Yeah. We're not animals. No. Yeah. And it really, and with the, even with pets, it's the same. You can teach your pets without violence. Yeah. And it takes a lot longer and it's a lot harder and it's, it's, a lot, it's not as easier. It's not as easy on the instructor, yeah. just like parenting, but it's possible. Yeah. But with kids, yeah, exactly. I agree. You're just teaching them to hit when they're mad. Yeah. And they want to do that anyway. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't have to teach them that yeah, part. Yeah, you're feeding a monster there. Yeah, you got to teach them a different way. Yeah. I, got, I got spanked a lot. Yeah. And uh, I was a violent teenager, a yeah. violent young man. You know, it caused me some problems. I don't know how deep we want to get into it on this because it's kind of early for talking about physical abuse, but you got worse than spanked. You got hurt. Yeah. I have issues about that. Yeah. Don't like talking about it. Well, I mean, we we can go there. It's 
I'm comfortable with it. I just hope mom and dad are comfortable with it. You know. I promise you, they're not. They've both apologized to me profusely, and I I believe they're very both very sorry. I do too. Um, mom, not so much for her side of actually hitting me, uh, which she did a little bit. Yeah, out of anger. Oh yeah. Um, I was me, just talking me and about mom got into day. it. She'd come after me and say, come here, I'm going to slap your mouth. She'd get that and, hand up and try to grab the back of your head so she could do yeah, these. Yeah. I was just and telling Sawyer about that. By the time I was about 12, you know, I was stronger than her. She's coming at me. I'd grab her wrists and divert and try mm-hmm. and get away from her. And, oh, you were hurting me. <laughs> you hurt me, Jacob. Yeah. And I'm like, I defended myself. I didn't you punch you. I restrained you long enough that I could escape. <laughs> yeah. Um, but dad, it, he, he lost his temper a few times. We're clipping a little bit. Turn your mic down just a tiny oh. bit. But uh, he's a human. Perfect. Not, he's not a perfect human. <laughs> There's only been one. Your mic is perfect. Dad is not. <laughs> but he's, he's perfect for us. He, he's a perfect dad. Yeah. He, um, he had a really, really rough go. Yeah. And really, I don't think mom had it that easy either. She was left Neither by one her of dad. Them. Yeah. They, they were kids when they started having kids. And they came together and raised four pretty great kids. Yeah. Um, I don't think... At least three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think you're right. It was not always perfect. They made lots of mistakes, but the, the net effect was positive. Yeah. Well, that's... It's like a, Satan will lead us to do something or make something happen to us just to, to get us, yeah. you know, to cause pain and to hurt us. Um, and if we just sit in that pain and we're like, oh, I'm a victim, I'm so unlucky, why does this happen to me? I'm, God, why are you doing this to me? Um, it's, that's all it is. It's pain and it's hurt. God has a tendency when you have faith, you know, that he's looking out for you. He takes those attacks and spins them to your benefit and becomes a growth event yeah exactly um it's that resistance you're talking about kind of and a prime example is the feeling i got when i was being throttled by dad Mm -hmm. um and i i knew like i'm i didn't do something to deserve this level of punishment this is He's, he's letting it out on me yeah uh that feeling uh terror um i've i've seen it in Jed's eyes when she does something and I'm feeling like dad felt back then and it kills it for me. Yeah. It's just, oh no, I'm not doing that. Because then suddenly you're both people. And then all of a sudden, instead of running and grabbing her and whooping her butt, I'm trying to get down on an, on her level and my heart rate goes down and I can explain something to her. I can set the tone. Yeah. You know, trying. That's... Exactly. You learn from their mistakes yeah. and not, you're not repeating them. Yep. That's the important thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, just so much of our childhood was like tense. Yeah. And I think a lot of it had to do with poverty because when you're poor, things are just so much more stressful. Yeah, they are. And I really wonder what it would have been like if like dad just had a regular job. Like he would have worked at the beauty or something. Yeah. Or, like, if mom would have, I, I don't know, if, like, they just never had normal, regular jobs until they split up. Yeah. And then they would both, then they both had regular jobs. It makes it easier. Much easier. It's much more monotonous. Forces consistency. Yeah. 
But sometimes you you need to force yourself to be consistent. You yeah. Know? I, I struggle with the monotony. Uh, having a regular day job, it's a... Uh, it sucks. It's a grind. Yeah, it's a grind, but you make the best of it. You try and become friends with the people you see every day. Yep. And uh, and it usually works. You know, you get to learn stuff. Uh, you get certifications. You know, they give you... You get a certification, you get a big hit of serotonin, and you're like, yeah, I'm doing this. It's, it's I good. love certifications. Yeah, it's fun. You know, it's, some, it's a goal, you know. And you just kind of get to figure out who you're going to be. Yeah. Yeah, okay, turn it down a little bit now. You're clipping. I bet that was a good one. Yeah, it was fun. I listened to the Kelly Jacobson one last night and this morning. I think it's my favorite so far. Good. That one was really fun, too. She is such a cool person. Yeah. She had quite an impact on me. Yeah, she uh, liked you. What you guys said about, or what you said about me, uh, that was spot on. That was... The teacher's never given you a chance before? Yeah, well, just never. Yeah, pretty much. Um, making it seem like she was here for me, you know. Oh yeah. Okay, there we go. It was very apparent that she was trying to serve me, and it made me feel. It, it shocked me, really. Oh, because no one know. had ever tried teaching to you before. Yeah, I didn't know how to take it. I thought she had a crush on me. Uh huh. <laughs> like I was concerned. I was like, man, I really like this teacher, but she's so cool. Um. I, I got to let her down easy. You know, we're just a world apart. I'm 10. <laughs> She's married. Yeah. So it was, it's just a testament to, you know, how I had not really had, had a chance. I hadn't been taught to directly. She, uh, she's a great teacher. Yeah, she is. What do you remember from her class the most? Like, I remember you and Casey's motorcycle project. Yeah, our video. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that I remember. Um I remember being in the classroom a lot and the way she would reprimand me, it wasn't like other other teachers would leave me with the impression that I was broken, that my behavior was incorrect mm-hmm. instead of like this behavior just isn't appropriate right now. You can't learn. We're, we're here for you. And you need to enable yourself to learn. and uh, Which everybody should talk. Like, every teacher should do that. Yeah. And she just... Uh, Gave you permission to learn. Yeah. And I remember we had a parent-teacher conference, and she she told mom and dad, she's like, yeah, Jacob is a little different, um, but he's smart. And I think if we can channel some of his energy, we need to find little projects for him to do. And uh, he likes to work with his hands, and he likes to create stuff. I don't. I'm, I came up with. A, I don't remember what the project was, but just the conversation. I remember that was a being blessing. the first time ever I ever saw you excited about school. Yeah, and maybe one of the only times. Yeah, even after you left her class, there was a lot of teachers that just didn't get it. Yeah, I mean, she was the first teacher that never really got like angry with me. That's know? awesome. She she got annoyed with me because I was a really annoying kid, but uh, I could tell that she cared. She has a temper. Oh, yeah. So the fact that she didn't get angry all the time is is a yeah. testament to how good of a teacher she really is. I remember one time I fainted. I remember we that, We were doing too. Hank the Cow Dog, and uh, I guess it was nerves. I think it was a head rush and nerves because I stood up to say my lines, and it, we were just practicing in the classroom, and I, I like, fainted. Didn't you play a crow? 
Um, I don't remember. I think you played a bird. Kel- Kelly Freeze played Hank, I think. Uh-huh. She nailed it. She oh, yeah. Did. She's a pro. Yeah. Yeah. Fun times. Yeah. That um, was at, I would have been in fifth grade. Yeah. I was, yeah, in Johnson's class. That that was a good year. It was. Back when Hilltop seemed like an ancient school. Mm-hmm. All right, so we kind of got into religion a little bit. Um, let's we let's go back into a little bit more. So we grew up. I I have a interesting take on our childhood as far as like. I don't want to tell people that it was like we had a super religious upbringing because then they picture like a wasp or, yeah. or like a upper middle class, and we we just weren't that. Yeah, we were like kind of slummy versions of religious but I don't know it's it was it was a mix between moms like really hard push towards wanting to be religious and like spiffy mm-hmm. um and dad's like resistance to mainstream and like his want to be kind of subversive and very well subversive. let's be honest the criminal yeah um made for an interesting mix but the I don't know. It made, for me personally, created this effect where I have a really hard time tolerating bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't do things just because people say that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Uh, well, and that's pretty much all organized religion is. Yeah. So I don't really do that. And that really bothers mom. <clears throat> yeah. Do you ever... Does mom's expectations... Do mom's expectations ever affect how you live your life? And I know they do, but do they do they bother you or do they get under your skin? Um, do they make you feel like you're going to hell? Do, what what kind of impact does it have on you? No, I, I never question my salvation. I know where I'm going. Um, she points out some what she sees as sins. Mm-hmm. Um, I, t- I try and take it with a grain of salt because I know where it's coming from. Yeah. Um, but, I see the legitimate fear in her face yeah. uh, when well, she, she tells the, me those the things. The world is taking her kids away. Yeah. Um, you know, it's real. You know, we're, we're doing some things that are failures. So in a lot of senses, she's right. But it's, it's our journey. Yeah. You know. She, I she think just she, wants us to be okay. She, uh, she could... She could uh, be a little more tactile with it, or tactful. Uh, tactful, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but she's our mom. She feels like she has that right. She does, and she does. But we she... also have the right to say, "Well, fuck you, mom." Yeah, you're judging me. I don't but like I would it. never. No, not I, w- I don't talk to my mother that way. The times it gets to me is like, well, I guess just when we disagree. When I when I'm doing okay, so I'll just I won't try to beat around the bush. I'm not an evangelist. Yeah. I believe in God and I I really I'm I consider myself a Christian. Do you think Jesus is our salvation? He's mine. Yeah. But I don't think he's everybody's. Do you think it, it's possible that Jesus could be people's salvation to you know people that have never met Jesus, but they know the Holy Spirit? Well, that doesn't make sense to me. So how do they know it's Jesus? They don't. Then no. But he still died. He still lived and died. Um, if he knows them. See, that's the thing. I don't care. 
Yeah. I don't care what one group of people calls God or another group of people calls God. Well, we're just we're just exploring. I mean, we're we're having a podcast. No, no, I'm saying that um I don't think that the distinction matters. Like people call God Allah sometimes yeah. and they call God Yahweh sometimes. I, th- I think we're on the same page. I think so too. No, but I think that there is a widespread of people in heaven. Yeah. I think there's gay people in heaven. I think there's Muslims in heaven. I think there's a spattering of atheists in heaven. Yeah. It's, it's, me too. You know, if you said that to mom, she would tell you that you're wrong. We've had this conversation and uh, mom doesn't mince her words. She knows what she knows and that's fine. She only has one source reference. Yeah. It's a good one. It is. It's a great one. Um, um, but but the fact is, it's not enough. Yeah. Uh, to, for me. I need more. Um, I also am not done chewing up the data. Yeah. That's something that bothers me a lot about organized religion is it they kind of expect you to just like, don't worry, guys. Don't think too much. We've been well, – you just sit down. We did all the thinking for you. Here, these are the ideas. This is what we want you to believe. And don't think about it too much because, you know, that just causes problems. I think different preachers take different approaches. I have never met one who liked my questions. Um, I think you would like Judah Smith. I'll check him out. You should. I highly, highly recommend him. Uh, I have been nothing but disappointed when Skinny it comes to Skinny pants and all. Really? Yeah. I, I got no problem with skinny pants. Yeah. I've seen you wear them a few times. Yeah. They're, they're, I can't pull it off. Well, you got a butt. Yeah. I, just I, I don't. This. Yeah. Uh, Mine's very flat. Yeah. But um, back to who gets to heaven. I think that's between. Well, let's start even further person. back. What do you think heaven is? I think heaven. The actual experience of it. I think heaven is the point. Like, heaven is the end game. Um, with no end. The singularity. Yeah. Um, it's, it's That's what I think, too. beyond comprehension for us. Um, there's been some people that claim to have gone and come back. Uh, a handful of them, I think. I mean, I, I, God's done miracles. I think some of them are telling the truth. Yeah, I don't, I don't not believe that. You know, he talks to us in all different ways. And I think he might have given some people a sneak peek, you know. I think heaven probably expresses itself in different ways for different psyches. Absolutely. It's not physical. No, exactly. So it's not forced to be. If you could edit that out for mom's sake, because that's a conversation I don't want to have. You'll definitely go to hell for saying that. Um, You know, she believes what she believes, but I don't believe it is a physical place, or maybe it is. If it was, we would have to travel there physically. Yeah. And there's no bus. Yeah. There's no staircase. Yeah. It's not underground, because that's where hell is. It takes up all that space. Yeah. Um, is hell the in, entire core of the earth? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> that's see. I don't think. I think. I don't think heaven's in the clouds and hell is in the earth. I think it's in a, a media that we have no idea about. Yeah, you know. I think we have a little hints of it when you were talking about quantum mechanics. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I was starting to think. Yeah, like God might reveal. It, to us later at some point, like he's revealed, you know, how to make fire and then how to do this and do that. And, you know, if you took a Bic lighter in a time machine and went back in time a thousand years, that would be a miracle to was, everyone that saw it. Which God was it that gave us fire? Was it Prometheus? Um, I only know the one. Okay. I think it was Prometheus. Yahweh? 
I'm not sure. Have you ever read the Greek myths? Um, just barely. You should check them out, man. I reread them this summer, and the I kind of think they might have been real. The I really kind of think that there's a chance that way, way back, like during the early evolutionary times of humanity, that there was these other creatures that were very similar to humans but different and that they kind of interbred with humans and i really think there's a possibility of that yeah Uh, i mean i know that happened with non-magical creatures other hominids um yeah but i i don't know there's something about the way those things are constructed is they seem like part parable part like real story i don't know the uh, I'm having a hard. This was a while ago. I had these thoughts where it constructed while I was reading the book, but it's just like there's some things about it that I see uh, being possible. What what book do you recommend? It was called Myth, I think. Mythos. It's called Mythos. Okay. Uh, and it's ancient. It's a, it's the, it's basically like a rewriting of the whole Greek mythology, okay. starting from the beginning. And it's it's a translation from Greek. It's it's a paraphrased. Oh. So it's written by like a contemporary author, okay. and it's it's really good. Um, but yeah, I I really like other theologies other than just Christianity. Yeah, I They're, feel kind of a duty to give them an opportunity to. I don't want to shut anyone down. Just from an anthropological standpoint, yeah. there there's a lot of beauty in other religions. Yeah, um, I mean, obviously not Islam. In I'm I'm sure Islam is a beautiful religion. I'm kidding. In some ways, and I'm sure it's a shitty fucking religion. In some ways, just like Christianity. I think that the bases of it are probably beautiful, and and the parts where humanity gets involved get shitty. Yeah, just exactly. like everything else. Exactly. Sin makes its way into the picture. Yeah. yeah. And like it should be no surprise that most organized religion, there are some insidious parts because if if I'm the devil, that's where I'm going to attack. Oh yeah, big time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like something about the way we grew up with mom always telling us what the devil was, what was opportunities for the devil to get into our head. Yeah, sounded so crazy. I'm sure it sounds crazy right now to most people. It's not that crazy, man. It's, it's I'm there. I do it all the time. <laughs> yeah, um, and all it is is it's it's a way to represent darkness. When I talk things. about it with Jed, it's not Satan or the devil. It's the slippery snake. Uh huh. And that actually came from Grandma Tori. Oh yeah. Yeah. Jed, Jed taught me that. Really? So uh, when we talk about the devil, it's like this slippery snake. That you gets watch in out for that slippery snake. Makes you do mean things. Yeah. Yeah. Wants you to suffer. Wants yeah. you to cause pain for others. Wants you to be as human as you can. That's very real. Yeah. The whole of the law, do as thou will. Yeah. That's the satanic Bible. Mm-hmm. That just means like, do what feels good. He's the angel of common sense and logic, or what was it? He had a title at one point. I don't point. remember. Mom used to tell us that one too. I forgot about I'd that. I see why. Yeah. I see why. Because intuition definitely comes from God, and they're kind of, I won't say opposites, but. Ego, you feel your ego bump up against your conscience on a regular basis. Oh, yeah. The ego, which is the self, really. Oh, uh, yeah. It's kind of strange that that's the part that where all the bad stuff comes from. And a lot of people think that they are their ego. I know. We're not. We're not. We're not at all. That I talked about that in that last episode. The, With uh, Kelly? The mushroom trip one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. At a certain point, you detach from that identif- identification with the ego, and yeah. it's a weird feeling. Absolutely. But it's not scary. I think you need a self to be scared. Yeah. 
it's yeah if you can let go of that you can really learn yeah i don't know when's the last time you did mushrooms 2009 it's been a long time for me too yeah i don't i don't really want to ever do them again really yeah have you ever done them right like with i've done them twice Uh uh-huh um i did not do them right either time second time did them absolutely wrong and i think you remember that it was in bellingham me and scott and hilton and Made some tea. Were you, you you might have been somewhere else. I don't know. I, I went blind for 12 hours. Oh, yeah. It was really unpleasant. The Aziz will do that for you. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we did way too many. I don't call it blind. You're still seeing. No, I wasn't. It was black. Oh, you went into the abyss. Yeah. That's what I was talking about in that podcast. Yeah. So that's a dark, empty place. Yeah. Did you go through... Like the uh, astral plane where yes, everything's there, colors and people and loud and the the progress I went through was from 3D reality to like that I called the astral plane because I've heard other people say that. Yeah. And that's just like that mass of everything, everything stimulus, stimulating. Yeah. Um, and then just out into the void of just abyss, nothingness. I think I went straight from... Uh, watching The Godfather and getting real creeped out to straight, my vision closed down, got smaller and smaller and smaller, and it was just black. And then I was just like sitting there with bad spirits. Where was your consciousness? Um, like were you in the room still? No. No? No, I was just in, in space, not time. Yeah, that's a weird place. But it was about 12 hours. They last a long time. The first time I did them, I did, for the most part, had a good trip with Jeff, once again. Uh, It was just me and him. I think we each ate about 15 of them, sat in my forerunner on the beach and listened to music, smoked a couple packs of cigarettes, and talked, and it was pretty good. And then I had to take Jeff home to Chinook at the wee hours of the morning. And I felt like as soon as we parted, it got dark for both of us. Uh-huh. You know, we were kind of each other's strength. And I know I had a terrible time. I'm pretty sure Jeff didn't have a good time by himself either. You have to be really in a good place to do them alone and enjoy it. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. I, I would highly recommend to anyone that is going to do them uh, just a little bit. Dabble, do you? Yeah, just a little bit. I love this. Everyone's talking about microdosing now. It's like, that's that's a good trend. It is. If you're going to do drugs, microdose them fuckers, you know? Yeah. You know, take it easy. I think that's the key mm-hmm. to not becoming yeah. an addict. It's uh, our nature it, to build drug. up and build up. So you're going to do more and more probably, um, unless you're really strict with your doses. But yeah, a little bit. Well, there. I mean, with the microdose, the whole goal is to not get a conscious experience. Yeah. Like you want it to be working behind the scenes. Yeah. And it does. Yeah. I do believe that they're here for something. You know, God put them here and uh, they're, they're, they're a tool. Yeah. You know, I like acid a lot better. Yeah. Acid's cool. Yeah. It's it's cleaner. Yeah. It doesn't make you sick yeah. like, like mushrooms do. No. I like the fact that I can still play basketball if I'm on acid. Mm-hmm. I mean... All those years ago when I did acid. Yeah. Or hacky sack. Oh, yeah. 
that was you know, a fun day. It doesn't affect my motor function. It's just it's super heady. Yeah, I I've never had that much. Yeah. Like the just we have so much more access to mushrooms here than acid. Yeah, but um, I would like to get involved with an actual study, like where it's completely legal. I'm just I'm just not okay with doing illegal things anymore I, I bet there's studies going on right now there is you know i wish they would study kratom some more me too they should you know it's it's also want to get in an mdma study that i think sounds like fun yeah it's a shame that that's illegal it, it is they should use that in therapy with yeah them. like every married couple should take some of that and and have a fun date night yeah alone in their home i think if uh we did just a little bit i think brooke would get a positive uh, have a positive time. I think if we did a bunch, it would, like anything else, would be a terrible time. Yeah, bad idea. Yeah. But that's like you don't have to do a bunch. Yeah, it's a little bit is. I used perfect. to think that like you don't have to do a bunch, but you can if you want to, and you should because it'll the more the merrier. You it's know, not that it's, way. It's not that way at all, and I've hurt myself doing that. Yeah, that's see that's the thing with like the the war on drugs. If we would just teach that ahead of time yeah. like hey you don't need that much least effect like minimal effective dose mm -hmm. S strive for the minimal effective dose and you're you're gonna have the best time yeah um there'd be a lot less overdoses there'd be a lot less money wasted on drugs mm -hmm. um be a lot less money wasted on locking people up be a lot less money wasted on saving people from overdoses mm -hmm. it's really a cultural problem yeah drugs are way more dangerous when you don't teach how to use them yeah it's no, I, that's, I mean, that seems like common sense, but common sense is a, tr a trick of the devil, Jake. It's not always bad. I know. And most of the time it's good, but he, he's, he's a slippery snake and he'll use it for bad. It's just true. like God uses bad shit for good. He's good shit for bad. Oh, that's, that's a wise, that's a wise little quote. Yeah. Maybe substitute the shit word for something better. <laughs> you know, that's the thing about words. Yeah. They're all just noise, like unless it's the meaning that matters. We're it's just the trying intention. to convey something. Yeah, people have told me I swear too much on this show, so I'm gonna try to swear less, but not that hard. What'd you say on in one? You said uh, you said fuck instead of shit. You said I don't give two fucks. I thought, I, that's what I say. Two, you should have said I don't give two shits. I, I say both. I use both. <laughs> They're both bad. <laughs> yeah, but whatever, you know. Well, because you could say, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. And you could say, I don't give a shit. So you could say, I don't give two fucks. This is good. Mom's going to hate that. Well, plus, also, that's a little bit more realistic because who gives two fucks? Yeah. I'll give you one. Sure. I give two shits before I even start my day. <laughs> Every day. Oh, yeah. I like a good two shit morning. Yeah. <laughs> first thing, day. First thing when I wake up and then within a half hour after having my coffee. I don't want this to become the let's talk about shit podcast <laughs> let's talk about shit show with jeff nesbitt because i did talk about shit in the last two um it's a big part of my life it's a big part of everybody's life can we talk about um toilets yeah i got a bidet let's get into toilets you got a bidet i got a bidet. okay so i've been in the market for a couple years today now. is the day you get a bidet is it a my tushy uh i don't recall. or is it that costco one it's the costco one. Ooh, you got fancy on me heated seat uh, totally adjustable. It's got a scent re reduction system. How does it know exactly where your butthole is? I've Does it ever spray you in the back of your nuts? If you go with the default setting, it 
it's pretty accurate and uh, you can move. Just the slack in your skin is enough to kind of oh. cover the whole area. Okay. But you, I mean, you have some adjustment. Mine has a remote control. Why? You do it from across the room. Well, you don't want to. <laughs> you don't have to reach behind you to push buttons. Okay. Right? Yeah, I guess. I mean, pro- honestly, at this point with technology, it's probably cheaper than having a cord. Yeah. Right now, they seem like they put a remote on everything. Yeah. Each one of these lights has its own remote. Yeah. These are good ones. Can you set them to a motion detector? They're on right now. Cool. But anyway, we're getting off topic. The bidet. Yeah, toilets. Fully adjustable. Let's leave this on. Is that better? Yeah, that's fine. I feel like I'm waking up all of a sudden. Me too. And this, look, the sun is rising. Um, anyway, butt squirter. Um, you can get about a 45-second wash with hot water, then it transitions to cold. Mm-hmm. I don't know if most people do it that long, but... You like a finish, a cold I don't, finish? I don't want to sound gay, but it feels good. It, <laughs> I don't... I'm very ticklish. Mm-hmm. In the butthole? Uh... Well, you know, my armpits are very ticklish. I've always said that ticklish. about you. Ticklish butthole. Um, Brooks learned it's a no-go zone. The butt? Yeah. I. Uh, it, You'll laugh during sex? I'm so ticklish. <laughs> uh, I'll react violently, flailing. Uh-huh. It, it, oh, you probably have some sh- trauma from it. It shakes me to my core. <laughs> I'm sorry I don't, about I that, I don't want to go there. I'm sorry. I don't want to go there. I'll just, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. tickle you like this from across no. the room. Just, <sighs> just to clarify, I've never been molested. Oh, I didn't know that's the joke we were making. I, I just thought because I used to hold you down and tickle you a lot. Not my butthole, though. <laughs> no, yeah, uh, you know, I have definite trauma, severe trauma from tickle attacks. Uh-huh. It wasn't tickle attacks. It was tickle torture. Yeah, you'd cry. Uh, yeah, it hurt. I would do it till you cried. It hurt. If you're still laughing, I wasn't tickling you hard enough. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry about that. Thank you. Um, um, that, I actually meant to get into that earlier. Um, I'm, I'm sorry that I abused you. Um, I, I have a lot of guilt about it. It's, it's weirdly tied in with dad. Yeah. Um, we did things wrong as a family sometimes. Yeah. And the hierarchy that we set up. Yeah. It sucked. I have, I have some baggage about that. Um, and I, the, I, oh, this is messy. I don't want to talk about this. Yeah. I would, I liked it. You were pleasing dad. I was pleasing dad. It was fun to abuse me. I was doing what I was supposed to be doing, and I, I, it gave me pleasure to hurt you. Yeah. And I think about that sometimes, and it makes me very upset. Yeah. And then he would... Reward it. Yeah. Or he would hold you down and let me get in a few shots. Yeah. Which seemed great at the time. He was trying to build warriors. He was. He and was trying to build people who were strong and who would protect themselves and each other from a dangerous world. It was pretty effective. It worked. But... It, Definitely but it took an emotional us. toll. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm sorry, man. Yeah. I God, is there a way to get that outcome without that method? I ask the military. I don't think so. Yeah. I think you got to build a little bit of darkness in to, to get that warrior spirit. Yeah. Have you ever read this book called The Warrior of the Light? No. It's really good. You would like it. Who wrote it? Paul Coelho, the guy who wrote The Alchemist, I think. Hmm. Um, it's just a book of little short parables. The Warrior of the Light? Yeah. Um, it's a book that Jeff Hilton actually started, got me on because he left it on the back of my toilet. Yeah. And I, so I just started reading it while I was shitting. Damn it. We're back to shitting. I know. Full circle. <laughs> um, lean into it, man, because it, it trains you to learn, take lessons from your own life. Yeah, that's, that's true. 
Do you think the Bible is literal? Sometimes. But, um, like Genesis? No. Does it matter even? No. I don't think so either. My, my faith is based off of... Well, first, faith could be taken as a, like divine persuasion. He initiates. He does stuff. And you're like, what the heck was that? He gets you thinking, opens your eyes a little more to look for it a little more, and it builds on itself. And then you see more. You see more, and it's pretty soon it's just it's a known. Um, that's that's hard to convey to someone like Colton. Colton wants to deny it. Well, he wants to be able to understand it in in an afternoon. In a logical sense too, he yeah. wants like evidence and this and it's like it's it just doesn't work that way yeah you know i think to be that kind of person you kind of have to release that need for confirmation yeah because you don't get that until ever maybe it it sucks talking to colton about it because i love colton so much and he's he wants to have a debate well he, he yeah he does but he 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 i can tell he wants to understand but he just can't bring himself to just have blind faith. Why know? would you? It doesn't make much sense. But he's also not opening himself up to be able to see. Yeah. And there's a lot of gifts that come with that faith. Yeah. Oh, uh, my God. Like freedom. A, like a happy life. Yeah. Or may, eh, maybe not happy. Uh, it's still life. Happy S at still points, sucks, though. But uh, happy at points and um, consistently... Uh, you know you're good. Yeah. You know you're covered. Mm -hmm. You know where you're going. You know what you're doing, you know. And that, the fear of like, what if you're just completely wrong? Uh, it kind of goes away because it doesn't, I, I'm not, I don't really ever worry about that. Yeah, if you are going to think of it in a cut and dry, like, uh, it's either right or wrong, it's a gamble. I'm going to gamble that it's true. So if I'm wrong... What's the loss? Like, that's one way to approach it. The Jordan Peterson method. Yeah. I'm going to live my life as if it's real. Yeah. As if God is real. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Which is one thing he talks about that, you know, I mean, it's just, it's just not my favorite thing he says. Um, Why not? Because <clears throat> I know it's real. Because it's a cop-out? Because I, I know God. I think it's He's, a social cop-out. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a way to not... Be embarrassed in front of atheists. Yeah, exactly. Um, which is part of being a believer. <laughs> yeah. You got to learn to get used to that. Yeah, because it, um, it doesn't matter. Because they're going to hell anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm just kidding. I think it's so... I, I don't know. I know you're kidding. That's funny, though. Um, no, but you know what I mean? Like, uh, it's, I do. It, sometimes it's straight up embarrassing to tell people in the wrong group yeah. that you believe in God. I... Uh, I have I struggle going to church because if, if the worship music is good, I cry. Oh yeah, I love a good moving song. And it just I can't help it, and I so I don't go to church. Do you remember how often mom cried at church? Yeah, like two or three times a week. Yeah, like it on was, different nights. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, but it's it's such a good thing. But it's, yeah, it's, I just don't like people I don't personally know watching me do it. No, I don't either. You know? But the thing is, they're not. 
They're yeah. not watching me do it. No. You know, and if they are, that's not what you're supposed to be doing there. So I don't even want my family watching me do it. No. I don't I Brooke has made me really comfortable and I actually enjoy crying in front of Brooke. It lets her know that I'm not a scary monster. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Because I can be that too. Crying's not bad. No. I, I actually like to cry in front of Jed too. Oh yeah, that's actually not a bad thing. I don't mind crying in front of Amelia if it happened to come up. I don't know if I ever have though. Really? Not not since she's been, she's only not even three yet, so I don't know if she's been aware of it at all. She cries in front of me sometimes, though. Yeah. A lot. You ever give her a reason to cry? Fuck no. <laughs> I would never say that to a person. It's a terrible thing to say. <laughs> oh, there are some phrases that haunt me, and I and I they come up yeah. because when they're appropriate. Um, and then I'm just like, oh nope, not gonna say that one. Yeah. Um, I'll, I won't even make her kiss her own butt. <laughs> I have done that, and, and I want to. <laughs> I I, I've I've started that process I and been like, that. just kidding. But can you imagine? Yeah, <laughs> it's I terrible. did not like it. No, I didn't like horse bites or kiss your own butt. And I really didn't like um, having my face jammed in someone's butt when they fart. Okay, see, fart transfers. I didn't like then, but I like them now. Yeah. Well, if it's butt to butt, butt to butt, obviously. I'm yeah. not going to give you pink eye. Yeah. But I'm going to fart in your ass for sure. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he had some some good ones. <laughs> Did fart transfers come from dad? Yeah, okay. I think I, I think so. <laughs> He's so creative. Oh, he is. He is. Uh, people that don't know dad and that hear this must just hate his guts. Or he's, he's a he's, wonderful man, though. He's a complicated individual. He is. He really is. He's a guy who who had nothing given to him. Yeah, and who gave a lot. Yeah, of horse bites. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In church. Yeah. Uh, that was probably the most common place for horse bites. Yeah. Um, a horse bite, if you don't know, is when a grown man grabs the thigh. Who doesn't know what a horse bite is? Grabs the thigh of a small child and squeezes it uh, to where you're, like, not hard unless it needs to be hard, but hard enough to where you can feel the power of that grip. Yeah, and they adjust the power based off the expression on the child's face. It's a fear-based tactic. It's not for pain. Yeah. It's for intimidation. Although uh, it does It hurt. does also work for pain. Yeah. The, we're uh, we're yeah, I mean, going to some really risky areas. That's true. That's I, true. I'm, I'm thinking about them sitting here listening to this. Well, there's lots of positive, too. Um, yeah. Honestly, the grit that I have... Is because of them. Like, yeah. Same with you. Same with Tosh and Tawny. Um, I don't think they knew what they were doing when they got started. And they figured it out as they went, and they ended up producing some pretty cool people. Yeah. Um, so there's lots lots of positive. Yeah. Um, we I, share the story with them, so we have our right to our version. Yeah. Some of the um, non-typical parenting things that they did that I thought were great um, were like blowing shit up oh Remember yeah we blew up that car hell yeah i loved that one that was one of the highlights of my childhood me too that windshield went like 50 feet yeah um stretched steel do you do you remember the time we blew up that uh dog food container like that big green in coat? the backyard that's the last time i saw dad run really Mm-hmm. and i remember it specifically because i hadn't seen him run at that point for years and he ran away from the after he lit it, he ran. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit. Weird. Dad's running. And I never saw him run again. God, it's it's so crazy to kind of harken back to when dad was 
a young buck. Remember how he could jump? Yeah. I remember, like, he was, he had a gut on him at this time, but um, he was in his 30s, probably, or maybe 40s, but. He had pretty springy muscles. He could jump up to the top of the bleachers in Long Beach School. Yeah. Um, as a fat guy. Yeah. With no problem. It was pretty impressive. I mean, I, mean, I believe that. I do too. Me and Tony can he jump could pretty dunk, high. He could dunk when we were kids, little kids. He couldn't dunk a basketball. He could dunk a small one. Yeah. But a full-size basketball, I don't think he ever really got the hang of it. No, doesn't have the grip. Yeah. But uh, tennis ball, volleyball, all day long. Mm-hmm. You know. I only dunked a full-size basketball once in my whole life. I've never. Yeah. And it was in front of a crowd of people at halftime. Oh, that was probably great. It was. I really... <laughs> Talk about serotonin. Yeah. Man, that was good. Yeah, recognition is nice. Yeah. It is. What's your favorite chemical that you get in your brain? Hmm. I, well, it's tough. I like dopamine to kind of flow all the time. Yeah. Um, because that's the anticipation of pleasure mm-hmm. chemical. People get it confused. They think a lot of time that dopamine is the pleasure chemical. I thought dopamine was the uh, achieved goal chemical. That's serotonin. I mean, they're not mutually exclusive. So yeah. they're all working in synergy. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a big mess of, of chemicals. but Generally, is dopamine tied with um, motivation? Yeah. yeah. Dopamine is that feeling you get like, all right, that's the right thing. Keep you're on the right track. Keep going to that. You're yeah, almost to your goal. Yeah. That feeling. That's why cocaine is such a, yeah. a problem because it gives you a rush of that like, oh, this is the right thing yeah. feeling. You gotta get more, right? Yeah. Now. And then it drops off so quick. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh shit, I got off the track somehow. What do I? I just need a little bump. Yeah. And then you're back on the track. And then all of a sudden you're addicted. Yeah. But um, happens quick. Yeah, because cocaine is a dopamine agonist. Mm-hmm. So it is increasing the dopamine levels in your system. Are there any drugs that are oxytocin agonists? I imagine MDMA. I don't know that for a fact. I don't know that at all, actually. But based on the way it, it, based on the effects, I would say that there's got to be some oxytocin. It makes you feel so connected. Yeah. um, With yourself and with the universe and with everybody around you. It's, it's really great. Yeah. That's, that's, that's my favorite one. Lots of therapeutic potential for that, for that chemical. I like oxytocin. Yeah, it's good stuff. You know how when a woman gives birth, she gets that blast of oxytocin? Mm-hmm. I want, I want to give birth for that reason. That'd be cool. Uh, I mean, maybe there's a, like an IV you could get where they just pump you full of it. It'd probably kill me. <laughs> men as probably as don't. a woman. Yeah, men probably don't have the capability to handle it. Yeah. I don't know. You know what's something I want to say publicly? Hmm. We don't know. If giving birth hurts worse than getting kicked in the nuts. We don't. No one ever will. Yep. Just take that, women. The, uh, well, what if trans technology increased? I bet before we get to that point, we'll get to the point where people can just put their mind in a different body. Oh, yeah. I, we're close to that now. Yeah. With Neuralink. Yeah. Spooky. Yeah. I don't want to do it. You know, they've got monkeys playing video games with their mind. I've heard, heard talk about stuff like that. Elon Musk. Is, is he a evil guy or a great guy? Time will tell. Yeah. I think he's cool, though. I hope he does well. I think he's just got so much money and power that he could be either one. Yeah, whatever he wants. Yeah. yeah. And really, we won't know until at retrospect. Yeah. 
because you don't know the impacts of things like going to Mars until later. Do you think we'll end up seeing humans land on Mars in our lifetime? Yeah. I do too. I don't want to go. I have no interest. I, I don't want to leave Earth. Ever. Me neither. I like it here. There's a lot of places I haven't gone yet. Me too. You know? I like places with plants. Me too. And oxygen. Yeah. And water. Yeah. And plants make and both people. those things. I like places with people. Yeah. Yeah. The... I want to go check it. What, what's the place you have not traveled to that you want to travel to? Um, New Zealand would be cool. Australia. Do you know Bow Miles? No. Oh, you would love Bow Miles. Who is that? Jot that down. Um, he's an Australian. I have it recorded. He's a sea kayaker. Um, Where do you know him he's from? He's a philosopher. Is he a YouTuber? Yeah. Well, he's actually a, a professor at a university in Australia, and he teaches... Um, university of Phoenix? Outdoor education. Um, no, I forget the name. But he does really interesting things. He, he, he has a different way of thinking. Like, you know how you have kind of passing thoughts that are just like, huh, what would it be like if I just did, did this odd thing? He acts on those. That's who I want to be. He did this thing. Uh, he ran a mile... Every hour for 24 hours. Uh huh. It was a marathon. He kayaked around uh, Cape Horn. Um, he, I don't think he has his own podcast, but he goes on a lot of podcasts. And uh, I don't know. I highly recommend anything Bo Miles is attached to. I'll check it out. You kind of got to <clears throat> check him out for yourself. Yeah. That sounds like a perfect life. Yeah. Oh, and I would love to do that. He's fulfilled because he, he pushes himself and he, he puts obstacles in his way. Or not obstacles, but resistance. You know, uh -huh. He does things purely for the resistance. Like you, you've talked on quite a bit. I think that's a, a life hack. Like yeah. I know that you get a lot of those life hacks online. It's like, oh, cut a banana in half and you can use it to charge your cell phone. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that kind of shit. But – Putting resistance in front of you, um, in between you and a goal that you want to achieve, that's a life hack. Yes. Like, that's a real life hack. Oh, Fuck it's your so effective. potato phone charger. Yeah. Um, I mean, you ever use cool that too. solar panel thing I gave you? Yeah, I do. I, I use mine for the first time. It actually works good. Yeah, it charges really fast. Yeah. It's a big battery. But, yeah, that is an effective life hack. I've, I learned that from you. Um, no one else had told me that. And People don't talk about it nearly enough. It's only been like a year, and I haven't, I haven't put it into use very much. I've well, tried. You must have enough resistance in your life already. I do have quite a bit, um, and it's getting more and more all the time. Another good book that is all about resistance and capital R resistance. Like if you think about it as a proper noun, yeah, takes on this character that you can use, like yeah. in your personal can be a know, friend or a foe narrative. or both. Exactly. Um, it's called The Warrior, War of Art hmm. by Stephen Pressfield. Hmm. Shout out Pressfield. And it's really good. It's, I've talked about it before, I think. But it's just about the artist's journey and yeah. like how the artist has to oh, – the, the obstacles they have to overcome and what kind of resistance they're going to face and what it does to other people in your life. Very, very paralleled with my experience of starting this podcast. Yeah. Just in general, people are confused when you want to branch out and do something different. I, I had that inclination right at first, 
to ask you, you know, questions. I kind of like, well, what's your theme going to be? But I, I saw that you're getting a little bit of flack and a little like, oh, why type of attitude. So I tried really hard not to give you any of that. I hope I did. I expected it. Um, so it's, I'm, I'm not, I wasn't, and most, no, I didn't get any of that from you. I, I had it from myself for literally for years. Like I've been planning doing this for years. When it became real for me is when I came up here and saw the the paint. Uh huh. You know, I thought, oh, this, this is a pet project. Yeah. He's, he's doing this for a little resistance, a little something, something to exactly. I needed a challenge. You know, something to push up against like a, which, like which a good is bedpost. Commendable. <laughs> because um, a lot of people do the opposite. They're like, oh, I work hard every day. I'm, I'm coming home. I'm going to watch TV. I'm going to watch the shows I like. I'm going to eat the food I like. Bitches. And, and then I'm going to go to bed. Yep. You know. Yeah. I say it's a, keep grinding. Quick way to die. You yeah. Know, life well, is just going to fly by. Okay. So I learned something a while ago. That affected me profoundly and, yeah. and changed the way I think about how I spend my time. So I've always noticed that as life progresses, I remember stuff less mm-hmm. and my memories become kind of truncated. Like, and, I, and I've always just thought it was because of like perspective and proportional representation and like data storage space in your brain. Mm-hmm. Like if you're three, you're – you have three years worth of memories and most of them are pretty foggy because you didn't have explicit memories mm-hmm. but until you had language. Oops. <clears throat> but if you're 35, you have 35 years worth of memories and so obviously they're all going to be kind of condensed and you won't get – you don't remember as much when you have way more data to, to go yeah. through. Um, and then I realized like the consolidation method that your brain uses, which is really efficient – Cuts out a lot of stuff, though, right? A ton. So if you have a, a life where you're very routine-oriented, you do pretty much the same stuff every day, your brain does not store all those memories separately. Yeah. Uh, you basically have, like, one kind of, like... Vague memory. General vague day. That could be descriptive of years. Yeah, That's exactly. Sad. And you basically live the same day over and over and over again, and then you die. Mm-hmm. And I was like... That's terrifying. Yeah. I don't want to accidentally get caught there. And it's, it's, it sounds appealing. We're creatures of habit. Well, especially if you grew up in an un, un, insecure, unstable environment like yeah. we did. Yeah. Um, where – so I, I fucking craved security, mm-hmm. like financial security, safety, food security, like uh, just having a place, like mm-hmm. my own place. It fucked me up to have to share a room with my mom at age 14. Yeah. Um, that was a rough time. And – it was hard for her too. I'm, I'm not at all trying to criticize her. She oh, was yeah. excellent. She took really good she care of us. She did what she had to do. Yeah. Um, but it was a hard time for our family. And that was rough. Um, I was just at that age where I'm like, that's where you start the slow incline into adulthood. Yeah. Like 13, 14. That's the first time I had a real job where I was doing something other than, you know, slinging wood bundles. You're talking jacks? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and. I had to go home and, you know, sleep on a cot next to my mom. And so I got it in my head like, fix this, man. (laughs) Don't let yourself be in this position ever again. Um, So I was like, what you need to do is find a job, gives you a regular paycheck, and just start being 
normal, regular, secure guy. Yeah. So that became my goal. Be an adult as soon as you can. Yeah. And I worked really hard to get to that point. And I got there and then, and before I even really was like used to it, I was already bored because I had gotten so accustomed to that feeling of the grind and that like the hunt out there trying to accomplish this and make something of myself. And I realized that the security is a great goal, but um, the the getting there is the part that's actually fun. That's the part that leads to a rich, fulfilled life. Absolutely. Is, is that hunt. Yeah. Being out there and being hungry. Being, mm-hmm. All those years that I spent just like hungry. Uh, that's, a, that's the best word because I was sometimes very literally hungry. Almost all the time actually, but not be- always because of poverty. Yeah. Um, I'm just a hungry dude. But I was hungry figuratively. Like I was, I was out there trying to make something of my life. I'm still that way, but... Um, once I got the security of regular work, I started realizing like I'm when, living, I'm living the same point? day. That was 2013. Okay. I think until then I was doing either seasonal or temp. I had good jobs before that, but none of them were full time year round. Yeah. And and I was in school, so it wasn't possible. And I like I made the specific decision not to have a job during the call during the school year in college so that I could row. Yeah. And I don't regret that either. But I was very broke during those times <clears throat> and i got security when i got my job in 2013 and ever since then um my days are pretty similar and i start to worry like that one day i'm gonna look down and it's gonna be a old man's body yeah and i'm gonna be like what happened it's gonna be like a dream and it will just be gone and then it'll be too late and i'll be dead i think that you're doing a really good job of staying busy you do you do a lot of different stuff yeah that not only are you just like oh i'm gonna do this but you get into things you're serious about your hobbies and you're you know you're sharpening skills um you're you're broadening your horizons everything you do you you study it and you want to be the best at it and that's that's phenomenal that's i mean i'm trying everyone should do growth mindset watching you become a hunter oh that was fun most people don't get a deer immediately when they go hunting, you know. I got lucky, but well, I mean, you you put yourself in a position to do it, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm gonna get an elk next year. It's commendable. I think you will. I'm excited about it. I bet you will. I'm gonna take hunter safety in August. Cool. Yeah, a coworker, a friend of mine, and uh, me. Uh, I have a a kid that I'm trying to mentor, and he's 11. My coworker slash buddy has a kid that's 11. We actually went shooting yesterday. It was really fun. Where'd you go? Just to our neighbor's house. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, we're going to sign up and do it as a group. Oh, you should take the 38 while you're here. Oh, yeah. I was, I've got it on my list. Cool. I've got... I was supposed to get it before this because Brooke has her shooting class today. I love guns. Oh, yeah. They're fun. They're, they're dangerous. Um, they ain't no joke. Guns also sound really good in recordings. That is a Glock, right? Yeah. How much did you pay for that? $600. Okay. <clears throat> the Glock 17. Oh, yeah. See, the Doesn't nine... that feel good in your hand? Oh, it's so much lighter than the 9 we have. Just because of how well it's designed and built. And composite. It's extremely accurate. Right right, right out of the box. I... It, you know how there's some <clears throat> pieces of equipment you don't have to learn, like an iPhone? Yeah. It's just intuitive. intuitive yep. You just know where it's going to go. Bop, bop, bop. That's like this gun. how clean that thing is. Yeah, it's really cool. 
Makes all sorts of good sounds. It does. The, uh, yeah. Oh, I had a somewhat miracle happen yesterday. Huh. Some people might hear the story and just think it's a coincidence or whatever. So we're, we were going shooting yesterday, and I, I told a friend, well, no, nah, I don't want to say his name. You know him. We grew up with oh, him. Oh, shoot. Uh, our dads were close friends. He's the son of Dr. Death. Um, told oh, him yeah. he, he's got a nephew that he's worried about, doesn't have a lot of male influence, and uh, he had a birthday recently, and my buddy's worried about his nephew. And shout out to this buddy, by the way. Yeah, shout out, bro. If uh, uh, I can't go back in time, we love you. But You can go back in time if you want. Uh, I'm not going to text you and ask your permission. I'm just not going to say your name. Um uh, for the sake of the kid and his mom and everything. But uh, so I, he asked me to, you know, kind of do something with his nephew to make him feel special. So I called the kid's mom, my buddy's sister, and I said, hey, on Saturday, can I pick him up and we'll go have lunch or, you know, maybe shoot some guns or do, do something manly. And uh, it, I was obligated to do it. I didn't really want to do it. Um, but so it's a sacrifice and I'm fucking busy. I got a lot of shit going on. Uh, and I really stress about things not getting done that I said would get done. It, it, it's Let your a, yeses be yeses and your nos be no. Exactly. It's, it's heavy on my shoulders, but I, I prayed like, God, I'm going to let go of some of these tasks that I was so dead set on. I'm going to try and do this. Cause I feel like this is what you want. Show me a sign that uh, I'm doing the right thing. Make, make it worth my while, basically. It's kind of a selfish prayer, but he doesn't care as long as we're Those praying. are honest. Yeah, they're honest. Uh, that's they, right. Those are the kind that work. And uh, so my, I had my coworker buddy come with me and bring his son because he knows a little more about guns than me, and uh, he's, he's just a good guy to have there. And we're shooting at paper targets for a while, and he pulled out a Red Bull can and the Red Bull can has a, a very small yellow circle on it, uh, smaller than a dime. And I, I walked it off. We're about 78 yards from the target. I mean, not 78 yards, 78 feet, which is for an 11-year-old is a pretty good shot. Yeah. And uh, the kid was standing there with me. I can say his name. His name's, the kid's name is Josh, um, my, my buddy's son. And uh, I said, Josh, you're up next. You see this yellow dot? You're going to nail this. And he's like, I'll try. And I said, oh, you're going to do it. First shot, dead center. Wow. Of smaller than a dime from 78 feet away. That's excellent. There's been larger miracles. But needless to say, I was pretty excited. Mm-hmm. You know, is it, in my eyes, that's a prayer come true. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. all sorts of little stuff like that. Yeah. And maybe, maybe I am wrong about some of them. You know, saying, oh, it's a miracle. You can't be wrong until you can confirm that. Yeah. It's it's open to interpretation. It is possible that it's just a coincidence. Mm-hmm. But if you open yourself up to believing all these small things, all these small coincidences are actually ordained and they are small miracles, it makes you really happy. Yeah, it does. And it makes you feel really special and it makes you feel really loved makes you feel like there's someone listening to your prayers. Yeah, it's and a really great skill. That's why, in my opinion, there absolutely is, you know? Yeah. Because I asked him. I said, show me something, you know? Yeah. And he did. When, when you pray and, it, and 
you get an answer, it's pretty almost scary. Yeah. Because you're like, holy shit, this is actually doing something. Yeah. Because um, I don't know. I We prayed a lot as kids because we had to. Yeah. It was just part of our daily routine. You pray before you eat. You pray was, before you go to bed. a habit. Yeah. I mean, it was the same with like telling everybody in the family that we loved each other. Yeah. Like, when you leave somewhere or arrive somewhere, um, you give a hug, say I love you. Yeah. Do a quick prayer. Great habit. Um, you never know. And honestly, it used to annoy the shit out of me as a teenager. When I was a kid, it was it was just what we do. As a teenager, I found it very annoying. Mm-hmm. As a young person, I found it instrumental to being able to survive. Uh, it, it quickly went from being something that mom would do and I would tolerate to being something that I would seek her out. Be like, mom, could you please pray for me? Mm-hmm. Like, nothing, nothing makes me feel better. There's not a, if I'm sick or I'm sad or anything, if I get a mom prayer, I'm better. I, I, I could go on for hours she about mom prayers. She cured me of food poisoning. Yeah. Um, and like, I know a lot of healing has to do with your mentality and belief and all this yeah, stuff. Body and mind. And I knew that at this time, um, but I was fucking sick. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get up off the floor. And I was, I, uh, I remember I had to call either Jeff or Colton to bring me Gatorade because I couldn't make it to the car to the store. And I called mom and she came over and prayed for me and I was better within an hour. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I can't explain it. I don't, I didn't know why I was sick in the first place. I don't really get sick much, but it came on really fast. Food poisoning. Mom prayed it away. And I have a lot of examples like that. Um, and it's, yeah, I'd love it. Yeah. Uh, she is, uh, I don't want to sound too, uh, evangelical, religious, whatever, but I believe the woman's anointed. I do too. I think we all have God inside of us to some degree but i think mom knows it and she, she spent her she, whole life trying to fine tune that channel she knows that how to signal use it. yeah she's good at it she touches she doesn't a lot care of people. about anything else no um other than things that are like her family she gets, things that are tied in with she, that goal she gets distracted sometimes like all of us but she's she's a great example to me me too yeah that's something that she really unapologetically just owns is yeah. that like she knows the truth and she's going to walk in it it's admirable it is because that's a hard thing to do because what people think no matter how much we say it doesn't matter it matters we care yeah we're social animals yeah we're we evolved that way you know and it's good it's good it gives us power because we can build something as a bigger group it's what makes us different well i think our you know our consciousness makes us different but the social aspect of it of our consciousness yeah. is why we run the world. Well, because it's something that most species don't deal with is that it's scalable. Yeah. We can be really successful as a single unit, as an individual, mm-hmm. and then we can be really successful as a larger group. I mean, look at the United States of America, what we can do, or China. Like, yeah. That's a lot of people functioning as a single organism. Yeah. Just look at humans uh, in general on the whole planet, like what we're capable of. Most species like, you get a general population range and then they stick in it and they don't really change that much. But humans are driving change at a really fast pace. Yeah. That's interesting. Turn that heater on. I'm cold. It's interesting to think about where we're going next. What do you think is the craziest thing going on in 2021? Oh. Involving humans. You know, I haven't um, been watching the news. I haven't been on social media. 
everything I watch for entertainment is on YouTube, so it's not really current. Uh huh. It might be old stuff. I I I don't really know what's going on. What do you think is? Um, the way people are changing communication. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of a boring, boring topic. But over the last ten years, the way people communicate on this planet has changed drastically. Yeah, it has. Think of the differences since we were in high school, Mm -hmm. uh, of like how fast you could reach people now. Yeah. Primarily, the internet is the main the means of communication now, Mm -hmm. which was not the case even ten years ago, even though it was available. It's weird. Like it's got its hands on everything. Yeah. Every part of our lives. Yeah, I'm about to put a internet powered thermostat in my house. Yeah. Like. The internet is really everywhere. Whoa, what's Nest? Is it? I haven't decided which one to go with. They say that the more connected your home is, though, the more hackable it is. So that sucks. I don't want someone hacking in and making me cold. You know, like I'm gonna make these bitches cold. Yeah. Hackers are mean. They'll do it. We had a baby monitor on Jed when she was a baby, and we thought about um, it being hacked. I forget who told us. Someone I know. You hear had, about, had someone talking to their baby, and it was real creepy. I saw some clips online. Yeah. They're like telling the kids that Santa wasn't real, oh, which shit. is ridiculous. Yeah, Santa should know. Obviously <laughs> real. Um, yeah, when I was in kindergarten, I told my kindergarten class that Santa wasn't real. Um, Madeline Dickerson freaked out, if I recall. She's yeah. going to be a guest on the podcast in a couple of weeks. Oh, we'll, you'll have to bring we'll her We'll talk up. about that. She's she's fun. She's an interesting person. Oh, she's great. Yeah. I'm excited to have her on here. Yeah. She's doing – she's another person who I uh, look to as like, yes, somebody else who's like sees something she wants to do and pursues it. Oh, yeah. She's definitely a go-getter. Those are the kind of people I want to talk to on this show. People does, who like – Does Jacob still have Jacob's hammer? Yeah. Ah, that – that's shout out Jacob. Shout out Jacob Moore. You make some cool shit, man. I saw these oyster shell earrings. Oh that yeah, he I've made got the other day. a picture of those on my phone because they're so cool. Yeah, those are Jacob. Those are the coolest things I've seen you make so far. I was trying they're to talk beautiful. Brooke into piercing her ears just so she I could make her wear those. Just do it while she's sleeping. She'll thank you for it later. <laughs> I'll have to do them both at once though. I only have one piercing tool. Um, I'll, I'll come over and help you. <laughs> okay. Yeah, she'll love that. Um, um, but yeah, the. They look like tiny little oyster shells. They're very, dipped. very real looking. Yeah, they're really cool. Little shoalies, mm-hmm. you know. Or shigokus or something. Mm-hmm. Is that what those ones, the tumbled ones are? I think so, the singles. I got to get an oyster guy on here or girl. Yeah. That would be cool. Brian would probably come on. That's who I had in mind. Yeah. He's got a lot to say. He's got some really good insights. Brian's a very smart guy. I know. And he's a good, I, he's like a kind person. I, I followed him a lot on Facebook when I was on there and... Uh, I learned a lot of shit from him about yeah. oysters just in those videos. He's, like he's been really – well, the Sheldons in general have been really big part of the community. Yeah, they're one of those families. Ever since they started kind of taking Daniel under their wing, who – we might be getting too personal. with. Yeah, that would be a good good guest to have. He was going to have to move away and like not get to run anymore. And the Sheldons like took him in and gave him a job and gave him a family basically. That's uh... – that's what God wants us to do. Yeah. That selflessness, you know. Yeah. When you don't have to. Yeah. But it's just that's like, the that's the point. That's why we're here. Re- yeah. Relationship, you know. It relationship really is. to God and relationship to people. You don't have to know them, but you have to 
want to be good to them. Yeah, know? relationship is a good word for it because, like, what I or what I always say is connection. Yeah, like people are are we're connection seeking machines. Mm -hmm. People want to connect to everything. We're, um, that's what we're built for. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, we're full circle. We're back here. That's why we're rulers of the earth. Yeah, you know, we work well together. Yeah, and that's why when you become disconnected, stuff starts to fall apart mm -hmm. because you don't. That's not how we function. Yeah. That's what I think that's what addiction is, is a lack of connection. And yeah. it, it's trying, it's not having the patience to sit in the discomfort of disconnection. Yeah. Because sometimes you're just not connected and you want that feeling so bad that you get it in an artificial form, like an oxy. Yeah. Because it works. Joint, beer. The joint, the chew. each one is different. So like the, with the Getting stoned, I don't think it makes you feel connected. I think it makes you feel okay with being disconnected. Yeah. Like, it just kind of smooths out the edges to where you're like, eh, I'm not that lonely. Mm -hmm. This is pretty funny. Yeah. And then you're fine. But with some drugs, it's just like you feel that euphoric, like, connected to everything feeling. That's dangerous. It's real dangerous because it's not real. It's, that's, I always called it synthetic happiness. It's a slippery snake. Yeah. It really is. Strong tool of his. Yep. And it works well. Yeah. But you can also use it to establish real connection. Like yeah. mixing it with, like if I, I was trying to tell mom this the other day. So she's like, I'm going to be nervous at this dinner. And I really think if I just had one beer, oh, it, it would loosen. I heard that on the mic. <laughs> that just it, it would loosen up. me up. I would feel, I would have more fun. She would have more fun. These fucking braces. <laughs> Thank you. You bear with me on that. That's why I'm not doing video. Yeah. <laughs> um, for the listeners, I just stretched out my lips so I could talk better because like they get like frozen in a weird position. It was really weird looking. <laughs> That's like when my grandpa takes out his teeth and cleans them at dinner. It reminded me of Jim Carrey in Me, Myself, and Irene. Oh, when he has cotton mouth. Yeah. That's exactly what I was doing, yeah. Uh -oh. um, so I have to do that uh, pretty often. Otherwise, it just sounds terrible because I, spit builds up in the braces and, then, yeah. you know, they make little do, bubble man. popping noises. What was I talking Mom about? Mom was thinking about having a beer. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, I really think it's okay to use just that minimal effective dose, one beer, even less. If she, like, have a beer that lasts you the whole meal. It's pure self-medication. Yeah, it is. Which... Uh, People say that as, with, with disdain, but I feel like if you're not medicating yourself, like who the fuck's job is it? Yeah. Um, I don't need to go to somebody else who knows the same thing as me. Oh, I wasn't, I wasn't saying that. With oh, I'm not, I'm not arguing with you. I'm yeah. just saying a lot of people. I'm will, a self-medicator. A lot of people will talk shit about self-medicating um, like it's something we're not supposed to do. Healthcare is expensive. Well, and they don't always give you the care that they want or that you want. They're not in the business of making you healthy. No, they're in the business of taking your money. Yeah. And they're good at it. They're in the business of fixing problems, even yeah. if they have to create those problems. And they're pious motherfuckers about it, too. Smug bitches. Yeah. Except my doctor. She's really cool. Yeah. Sorry about that smug bitches comment. I don't really think that. Yeah. Um, Some of them. Old ones um, mm -hmm. that have been successful for too long and now treat people like shit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, I've been to, especially when I was poor, I've been to some doctors who just treated me like I was nothing. Yeah. Every question you ask, um, you feel like their judgment. Mm -hmm. I ask a lot of questions. I'm pretty sure my massage therapist 
discontinued our service because of that. Yeah. I was asking too many questions. Well, you want to know what the hell she's doing. Yeah, I was like, what is that, the trapezius yeah. that you're working on there? Yeah, but she, it wasn't. It was the latissimus. They're also people. I mean, I've got a little anecdote. Um, your friend that wrote you the letter, he's my, his dad is my primary care physician. Oh. And I went with a certain problem uh, that I wanted to address, and I thought, you're a doctor. You're perfectly capable of this. And uh, he didn't want to get anywhere near it. And it pissed me off. Yeah. And I'm like, well, what the hell? What? Why? Like, isn't this your job? Like, you're a general practitioner? I or... hear on TV all the time, ask your doctor about this drug. Yeah. Ask your doctor yeah. about that drug. And he's like, oh, no, here, I'm just going to, I'll refer you. And he gave me a website, and I had to do it myself. And uh, I'm really not a big fan of one of his assistants. She was very rude to me. And I kind of got rude back, and it, I don't like doing that. Yeah, it feels um, bad. But then our dad also has him as a general or a, his primary care physician, and he's great. He's wonderful with our dad. Well, You can tell he cares about him. Yeah, you know, dad he, needs somebody he, to kind of give him tough love. He motivates dad, which is a hard thing to do. Yeah, I haven't been know? able to do it. No. You know, dad had an appointment with him the other day, and he came out of it you know, really confident. And he, he told me that, oh yeah, he, my doctor, you know, told me I'm doing good and it made me feel great. You know, I'm, I'm not making giant strides, but I'm not going the wrong direction. And uh, it's yeah. like, oh, I, small victories, man. I, he's maybe just not the right doctor for this issue of mine, you know? Yeah. And I think that's probably what he was saying to you. He, it's exactly what he said to me, and I didn't. I wouldn't. I wasn't taking it. Yeah, you know? it's like I want you to I, solve this problem. I was harboring me. resentment. Yeah, <laughs> but he's a wonderful man. It sounds like you just talked it out. Yeah, um, I had him when I was like in my early twenties, mm -hmm. and I got the sense that he has like a pretty specific way he does it. Yeah, and he's not going to be flexible because he can't really afford to be. Yeah, he's a rural doctor. Yeah, so he's dealing with a wide range of problems. Which you can apply that logic to any occupation yeah you know i think if people will bring me a car and be like how much to paint my car and i'm like well, it's not so simple you yeah. know so they bring you a big rusty piece of shit yeah and they're like this should cost about a thousand bucks and yeah. i'm like what the fuck do you know yeah <laughs> you're not the expert i'm an expert i don't even know what it's going to take because it's all covered up yeah you know you, you don't know until you get into something like that but there's i mean there's nuance to everything, and he has more insight to that, so I should trust his opinion. Plus, he's got a lot of experience. Mm -hmm. Plus, he's also a brilliant guy. Yeah. Um, those are smart people. Mm. That whole uh, family? Yeah, yeah. Musical, intelligent, really kind. I wanted to get Matt on here to talk about God. Yeah. I. So, really, you could even almost consider it the first unpublished episode of this podcast— was in like June of last year, me and a group of high school friends did a Zoom call, like a social Zoom call. Yeah. A little reunion of sorts. Yeah. It was me, Madeline Dickerson, Hannah Bolden, um, Tom Hickman, and Matt, I believe. And um, just a group of friends that we actually, even in that specific arrangement, I don't know how much we time we even spent together. As there was a kids. connection there. You guys were on the same level. Yeah, we and always just clicked. A healthy, little healthy competition. 
to make you all a little bit better. Yeah. And for some reason, we've just kept in touch as in that group through our 20s and now into our 30s. And we had a, a picture that we would take at each one of our weddings where we'd get the five of us. And that even the picture might have driven the connection oh, a lot of time. That's fun. Um, we all of the people who had those pictures, we have all been divorced since then. So how long has Matt been married? Or Matt's, was... Matt hasn't gotten married okay. and neither has Tom. Um, so we, you know, we'll do the pictures for them and get their first divorce out of the way. Um, but <laughs> oh, don't put, don't put that in the universe. I'm just kidding. Um, but anyway, the we did this Zoom call, and it was just like a normal hangout with friends where you talk about your kids and the weather and a bunch of shit that no one actually cares about. And then uh, I got to the real stuff. I was like, Matt, you still believe in God? Yeah. Because <laughs> he's like a, a professor at a university now. Or What's he study? Philosophy. Oh, yeah. Wow. Um, so some pretty lofty topics. And I, I would read his stuff online. And um, it's, he's, not, like, he's a secular scholar. Yeah. So it's which doesn't mean he doesn't have God. Exactly. Yeah. Um, which is a dichotomy that I do not like that um, I argue with mom a lot about because yeah. she every time I do something, she's like, oh, but is it going to be a Christian podcast? Yeah. I was like, well, Sorry, I, I'm a Christian, so probably. It, yeah, it's but it doesn't mean I'm only going to talk about Jesus. Yeah. Like, she wanted me to just make it about Proverbs. Like I get the Bible out. Welcome to Ramble by the River. Ramble Today by the we're River. reading from Proverbs. Yeah, and then I read the proverb. And if you I don't talk have a Bible, it. that's okay. I'll put it up on the screen. Yeah, <laughs> she wanted me to have church. Yeah, which and, is a lovely thought. Well, she was she was convinced that I was going to be a pastor. I remember for a I long, was going to be a massage time. therapist, and you were going to be a pastor. What yeah. the hell? You'd probably be a good massage therapist. Uh, uh, I, you know, I'd probably be a good pastor. Probably, I was going to say you'd probably <laughs> be a good pastor, um, but that's not how it shook out. Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't think that dichotomy is necessary. I don't think you can, it's not mutually exclusive. Um, maybe for some people, but. I think that that alienates a vast swath of your audience. Well, yeah. A and lot of people are. People that need you not, to talk about it. Not listen because they don't, that's not what they're looking for. The second you start using traditional Christian rhetoric, people get turned off. People will just click out. It's that religion. Versus the walk. Like, oh, this dude's trying to brainwash me. Yeah. I do it myself. Which, I click out. You know, it's that's what it is sometimes. It is. You know? And that's a really complicated topic to tease apart because what's brainwashing, what's indoctrination, and what is teaching? Yeah. And what is like exposing people to the truth they or all the unknown. Overlap. They do. They really do. Cults are effective for so a what's, reason. So what's Matt's view? Um, I didn't really get the whole picture. I, I, that's why I want to have him on here. But Oh, you should. Yeah. I basically derailed our fun talk by asking him a very serious question, and then I forgot to really listen to the answer because oh. – um, I mean, I was listening, but – You were thinking, I – I, I, I was that? like, why did I ask him that? This was I, yeah. this is not the context. Yeah. Um, but I had been thinking about it for years um, because this is something that I have struggled and with. And you want his opinion. Yeah. Because you, you respect him. Part of my walk is like learning – what parts of myself to strengthen and what parts to, to try shed. to prune. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you get a choice in that. Mm -hmm. And you get like by where you focus your attention, you're going to either build up certain things. Everything you do is practice. Yeah. Everything you do. Yeah. So if you're going to practice things you want, you, you want to practice things you want to grow and mm -hmm. you want to not practice things that you don't want to grow. Which is why doing things like that you don't want to do, like in, indulging in it's, addictions, it feels so bad. Like um, a child learning language just scaled up 
to life. Yeah. Pruning and learning and pruning and learning and pruning. And fortifying those bonds. Mm Mm-hmm. Things that wire together, or uh, things that fire together, wire together. You know that one? Uh Uh-uh. That's like, it's about neuroscience. Like, when you... Oh, synapsis. Yeah. When you pair, when you pair, you know, stimulation in your brain, those things will, those circuits will become more fortified. Yeah. Connections will be stronger. Yeah. Um, Like, this, like the podcasting. I've had overall very positive feelings in this room. And uh, so now when I think about this room and I'm not in it, I start to feel those feelings. You feel a little bump of one of those chemicals. Yeah. Things that fire together, wire together. And it works the same with bad stuff. Could you expound on that a little more? Like what's the fire? Action potentials. Okay. So the way a neuron works is it has a body, the soma. It's like you think of it like a fried egg. It looks like a fried egg. Mm -hmm. The yolk is a nucleus. It's the center. And then there's mitochondria in that cell that produce... ATP, adenosine triphosphate, which is the energy for our cells. And there's a bunch of other little organelles inside this cell that <clears throat> it's like a little machine for creating an electrical charge, which okay. sends a message. So at the very – and it has all these little arms that shoot off called axons and dendrites. Mm-hmm. Axons reach out to go touch another neuron. And so your brain and your whole nervous system – There's a little gap. Yep, there's a little gap in between called the synapse. And so neurotransmitters, which are little chemicals like dopamine and serotonin, get released from the presynaptic neuron, which is, you know, the one sending the message. They float across that intracellular space, intracellular, not in, no, intercellular, not intracellular. Intra would be inside the cell and inter is in between cells. Um, Some of them get picked up. Yep. The ones that don't get picked up get sucked back in. There's receptors on the postsynaptic cell called binding sites, and they're lock and key mechanisms. So a serotonin molecule has a very specific shape, and it fits right in that serotonin receptor. And if enough of them get plugged in, it creates an action potential, mm-hmm. which is where that cell says, okay, I'm getting enough of this signal. I'm getting enough of this signal to where I can fire. Yeah. And that's where it does an electrical charge and goes snap, and it there's these things called sodium potassium pumps and they it's basically like loading a mouse trap or um, charging a battery it's pulling all these ions across a barrier and storing and storing energy on the other side and then when enough of that charge uh, like the threshold of that charge is reached it will cause a switching so it'll open that channel and the sodium ions go whoo flying through it and that's what triggers the action potential because then the charge switches from the inside to the outside of the cell okay that sends the flood of neurotransmitters into the synapse they float across connect to the next cell and then that same message is transferred into that cell and or neuron which it is a cell but it's a specific kind and then the same thing happens all the way to your brain where it's perceived as a thought or a feeling or what have you um yeah so when that happens you're you have a memory of it. And, and it, it strengthens yeah. that particular one. There's this thing called long-term potentiation. So mm. the cells will actually adjust. So if you're firing these same cells over and over and over again, you're going to increase the number of binding sites and uh, of these like ion channels will yeah. go up So to accommodate because your body's constantly trying to find equilibrium. Mm-hmm. So you're trying to keep all this stuff balanced. Um, yeah, it's it's cool. But... The more you do things, like the more you have specific thoughts, the more easily those thoughts are triggered next time. Yeah. So it's like um, one way I've heard it described that's very helpful is like going down a mountain. 
and you're going down these the slope on skis. So the tracks of the skis are going to create a path. And the next time you go down, it'll be much easier to stay in that same path. Yeah, It's not as easy to veer off and go on a new path. And that's like why it's uncomfortable to try new things and do novel, experience novel experiences. Yeah. Uh, because you're, you're forging a new path. And, but then the next time you try it, it's going to be a little easier and a little easier. You can easily get entrenched so that if you're so you on a bad path. that path. Yeah. That's so, addiction. Exactly. So even if even if it's not a path that you're happy with, it you're still stuck. get stronger and stronger, and you're comfortable and used to it. You almost get addicted to the the pain of mm-hmm. of being in an uncomfortable place because it's familiar. Yeah, that's a problem with with how we're designed, or not a problem, but maybe a, a pitfall. Maybe something we don't understand that was written into us. Yeah, and it's got a, some kind of a. Does use. understanding some of this very complex stuff um, does it make you feel? Well, let me let me digress a little bit. People always want to pit science against God. It's ridiculous. Like he didn't create it. Yeah. I the way I see it, science is because of God. Yeah. And when someone discovers, like, say that you know they discovered, um, or they explained all of the plagues in Egypt, that, which has been done. To me, that yeah, exactly. That doesn't mean God didn't do it. Yeah, we we know a whole bunch about our biology, but it's still more accepted that God created us. Not everyone accepts it. Um, evolution. Yeah, I'm a full believer in evolution. It's very apparent. It's it's a process that someone laid in place and pushed the start button, and I think that someone was God. I do too. I also think that he can interject still. Yeah. But he doesn't always. Yeah. And also, there are some pro- problems that people have with understanding God because they think of him as Santa Claus. Oh, like, yeah. Like, oh, if God was really benevolent, he wouldn't let people die of cancer. Well, fucking yeah, he would. Yeah. Because people need to die. He, he gave us free will, too. Yeah. You know, it's, it's his big experiment, you know. I think people forget that suffering and hardship and everything needs to be balanced. I kind of personally believe um, suffering is the meaning of life. Yeah. You know, it's so important. It, it's what gives you There's no meaning flavor. without it. No. You know? Meaning is a, is a whole thing in itself, like where it comes from. Yeah. And how easy it is to make and how easy it is to not have. And like to realize that we have the power of both of those. Yeah. Meaning Absolutely. is nothing unless we have consciousness. Mm-hmm. It's, we, we get to choose what's meaningful and what's not. Yeah. Um, and that's why you can lose your shit because somebody ate your ice cream. Because because you've got you a, lot a lot of, of meaning, meaning behind it. that ice cream. Yeah. You had plans. And then you can also hear that 750 people were killed in a church in Africa. And, you Not know, it doesn't really affect all. you that much. That yeah. happened yesterday. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Anyway, I, know what you, I know what you mean, though. It's, yeah. I, I shouldn't make light of that. Because, honestly, it does give me kind of a sad feeling in my belly. Yeah. Um, that's, I, hope those, that's I hope the families of those victims are okay. But, it, yeah. Pray for them. Yeah. Uh, you know, when stuff like that happens, it's hard to, it's hard to believe some religious stuff, you know. That's the it's, thing. You, it makes you ask questions. That's a trick of the devil, too. Yeah. God does let bad things happen yeah. because this is the real I've, world. I've put a lot of thought into that the last few weeks. You know, I go up and down in, in my spirituality, you know, peaks and valleys, and I'm, I'm climbing right now to a peak. 
And I've been putting a lot of thought into why does bad stuff happen? Why doesn't God just make it better? And it comes down to that free will that he gave us. I believe uh, there's a spiritual warfare. There's two sides. I think the slippery snake is fighting as hard as he can to cause as much pain and as much anguish and evil as he can because that's how he gets his kicks. And then we have God who wants the best for us. When, when we fail and we hurt and we suffer, God feels that and he suffers through us. Um, and he has the power to just stop it, to stop all suffering right away. But he gave us free will. And I think when, when we have faith that he's got us covered and in the long run, we're going to have eternal life. And it's, if we follow him, it's going to be good. Um, if we have that faith, he takes the, he, he goes ahead and spins all these bad things and turns them around to benefit us. So you can at- anticipate that that's going to happen when you're in the bad thing. Yeah. And it makes it easier. You know, like, oh, I wonder how this is going to turn out good. And that's, that's faith. That's saying, yeah, this hurts. This is uncomfortable. I, I don't know why this happened, but I know that God's going to turn it around in some way I cannot perceive, and it's going to be a good thing. Or you can just sit in it, and this sucks. I don't think God's real. If he was, why would he do this to me? He didn't do it to you. That's you such know? a... like. Uh egocentric point of view to take it's a really common one but yeah. people being like i don't deserve this it's like what do you mean yeah according to what yeah like i shouldn't have to like what do you it says who yeah it's just everything's happening all at once it's, it's not, there's no should or shouldn't have yeah exactly at all yeah um there is a, there's either it, things either are or they are not yeah yeah. We like to organize things and, and shoulds and should nots and this is the way this should happen and this is not the way this should happen. That's how you make a society work. Yeah, and it, it's effective and it's important here yeah. and now to organize and but keep, not forever. keep people safe as we can. Yeah. And stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we never finished talking about what heaven is. I want to explain what I think yeah. heaven is. Let's go into it. Okay, so I see it as... Rather than be in a physical place like you get out of a taxi and you're in heaven, um, I think it's more of a – like if you think of it like the Matrix or the ego loss of a mushroom trip is another example of a, of a time when you're disconnected from your body mm-hmm. but you're still conscious. Your yeah. consciousness is intact. Yeah. I think that we just clip the body, drop it, leave it here. We're done with it. Yeah, and then our soul is reabsorbed into – like the singularity. Mm-hmm. So I think immediately is when you take your last breath, you're done experiencing things in, in linear time. Yeah. And I think that is really the key to understanding what I think heaven is. We're done with the senses. Done with the senses in a way. I think that you still – we don't experience them in time anymore. So it's not the same like your, your narrative will go away. Mm-hmm. You'll no longer be part of a story. You're going to be just like – this is actually kind of probably scary if it were real because people don't think about it like this, but you're just part of it all. So like all the people you ever knew uh, and loved will be there, mm-hmm. but not sitting around a coffee table hanging out. It will be much 
more abstract. Yeah. Like you'll be able to feel them and sense them and communicate with them. Any possibility of of like the good energy will be available to mm-hmm. you at all times and at, and at any time because there is no time. It's all just a big cloud of it's experience. Hard, it's hard. It's a hard picture to paint, huh? It's a really hard thing to explain in words. Yeah. Um, and it like took me years to kind of construct the idea and to even figure out what I think because I don't. I just couldn't believe that there's a physical, three dimensional place where people go and hang out after yeah. they die. It just doesn't. Where, where would it be on another planet? Out in space? It just doesn't track. It just, I don't think it's real. Yeah. It's, um, or it's so much more real. Yeah. And this isn't as real. I hope that's what really. This isn't real. What's going on in here right now is different for you than it is for me. Yeah. It's a construction. Yeah. We're just perceiving and putting it all together. That's the reason I believe that it's it's just a big mess of energies because Mm -hmm. we have such a narrow band of perception. Yeah. And it's and it works in such a specific way that we can actually communicate. The, the fact that we can share an experience, knowledge, is pretty incredible. Given the fact that we're both constructing it in our head, yeah, um, and it's enough the same that we can talk about it. Yeah, we're in sync enough that we can feel like we're having the same experience. Yeah, which is really weird if you're if you're hanging out with somebody from a completely different culture. Yeah, because you're not experiencing things the same because mm-hmm. your cultural references and your you know, construction of reality is going to be very different. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, like the Japanese read from right to left, not left to right. Yeah. So they tell stories in a backwards um, conceptual direction. Like they start with the end? No. The end... Becomes the beginning? It's... The end is this is still the end, but when they picture a timeline in their head, it goes from right to left, not from left to right. Oh, weird. There's these studies where they, like, show all the participants of painting and they make them write what they notice about the painting. You know, standard American Anglos will write one, like one list and a Japanese culture will write a completely different list of things because they notice like the horizon is, or they just notice different things because their conceptual framework is different. Um, And it's like that with with everything because everything we see and, and feel is a construction. Yeah. That's kind of scary. We're just doing the best we can to get as close to what it really is as we can. But is there something that it really is? Yeah. Is there even an objective reality to, I don't think to so. know? I don't think so. Where would it be? Yeah. Where is it stored? Maybe what God sees? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like God probably sees um, all of time and all of existence at once. Yeah. From above, like uh, almost like you're looking at a nativity scene. Or, or your train analogy. Oh, that's You told me years back. I, yeah. That stuck with me. It, it kind of went click. Well, that's you know. that was the that was the key to me understanding um, how to think about nonlinear time. Do you want to share that with the listeners? Sure. Like, I think that the way humans experience and perceive reality is like a person who's a passenger on a train. You're in a box car. The train's moving, and you have just one little hole to peek out and see. What's going on? It's actually kind of analogous and maybe even derivative of Plato's cave analogy. Um, But I'm pretty sure I got it from Kurt Vonnegut. I'm not sure. Wise man. But um, so all you get to see, all the information you have about how to construct reality and your representation of it in your mind is what you see out of that one hole. So it's very flat and not complex. 
but you don't know that. And at the time, it feels like everything. Yeah, at the time, it is everything to you. Exactly. All this stimulus coming through, and you're making sense of it, and it's building your reality. Um, at that same time, there could be a vantage point from somebody who's in a helicopter, and they can see the entire train, and they can see where the train's going. They can see where the train just was. They can see what you see out your little hole all at the same time. And that's God, mm. and that's like omnipresence, omni, omnipotent um, is all-powerful, right? Um, Om, omnipresent is everywhere at once. I, I couldn't say. I don't know. I'm not that. sure. Uh, but yeah, and that's how I think that the difference between how we see ourselves in our, our world versus how God sees it or how, you know, we will see it after death if, if we maintain our identity, um, which I think we do because I – actually, I don't know about that. I, there's times when I think that we're all just the same. We're just like environment shapes who you are more than anything else. Like, Does it though? It definitely shapes you a lot. What about those twin studies? Yeah, those are those are those to me are contradictory. Nature versus nurture. Some of them are like, oh my god, this guy, these two twins went and lived in completely different environments and still ended up both becoming firemen who have a dog named Pluto and a yeah. wife named Diane or yeah. whatever. It's crazy. Yeah. So I don't know. There's exceptions to every rule. Mm-hmm. We're very crazy, malleable, adaptive creatures. But I don't know. It's it's hard to. Wrap your head around. The time thing is is a crucial... It's, uh, it's all we've known. Yeah. We've only ever experienced this time. Like, and it just keeps chugging along. I used to think time was like a just a construction that we use to organize reality. Yeah. But it's an actual thing. Like, it's a space-time. It's like it's intimately tied and connected to space. Yeah. Related to speed. Yeah. And all sorts and of And light. Mm-hmm. It's it's all really complicated. What's the most challenging thing you've had to do as a parent that made you feel like I don't know, what's the most challenging thing you've had to do as a husband or a parent that really showed you that you're a grown-up now? That you didn't get to just indulge in your own desires or your own impulses, but like you had to just be a dad, get a job, get a job, get a real job. Oh yeah, so you were kind of a rambling man for a long time. Yeah. What What was that change that made you decide to take a, a serious, settled down, year-round job? Um, I was happy um, in my relationship. And as soon as I found out I was going to be a dad, it's what I wanted to do. I didn't want anything else. You know, I wanted security. Yeah. And uh, it's been great. It's changed me. What were you doing before that? Floating. Just kind of whatever the fuck I wanted. <laughs> And that had to have its own benefits, too. Oh, yeah. I miss it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want it back. I would never want it back. Uh, I like where I'm at. Mm-hmm. I think I chose a really good person to do it with, and I made a great person with her. Yeah, and you did. I'm, I'm loving it. Um, sometimes it gets monotonous, you know. I'm talking about the work side of things. Yeah. I've, I like to, you know, follow what I'm feeling. And I, that's what I did for a long time. And it wasn't always good for me. Yeah, because sometimes most, our feelings lead us astray. Most of the time it was not good for me, but I liked it, you know. Um, but it also, I, I feel like it was ordained. Um, the way I, I was home, I was here on the beach. 
I had tried to go to Bellingham, lived with you for like a month. Everyone always gets depressed. Super depressed. Maybe I talk about too many existential. It it wasn't you. It was me. I wasn't doing anything. Yeah, and I didn't have the motivation. Nobody told you what the fuck to do. Start something, dude. I the fact that we both um, made it out of childhood and actually have good jobs and are contributing members of society is a fucking uh, marvel. Yeah. Um, Nobody taught us how to be grownups. No. In a in a in a contemporary world, dad taught us how to protect ourselves. Mom taught us how to protect others. Yeah. And everything else we figured out. Yeah. It was like they, we weren't to that point in our education from our parents yeah, before well they, it fell apart. And they hadn't reached that point in their own lives. Yeah, that's true. Um, they, they went to college and they, like, they, they're both really smart people. Yeah. Um, so, but they're very different than a lot of people. So they, I don't know. Their circumstances made it to where they just kind of had to survive. I don't know that either one of them would have loved normal school like college going to college because a lot of it you do just you go through the motions because you're because that's just what you do yeah and those that's not mom and dad no um but whatever they did they learned enough to make it successful for us yeah but and they're both still learning you know they're they're both still getting better and better yeah hopefully they don't ever stop yeah honestly if you would have asked me 10 years ago where dad would be now i would have said he he'll God. he'll be dead for sure. Yeah. Um. He just that that at that time was making so many bad choices. It really seemed like he was trying to kill himself slowly. Yeah. It doesn't seem like that now. He's much more optimistic now. He he seems like he has accepted that his life's not over. Yeah. There was a, a long stretch in there where I was really worried about well, him. Well, and I think he's realizing that he's not responsible for anyone anymore. Yeah. He doesn't have to perform. He you can know, just he, be himself and, and he try to make that good. He performed for a long time. did his damnedest to do a good job. Yeah. And for the most part, I think he did. I do too. I, I always use the analogy of like the underdog push yeah. on a swing set. Mm-hmm. Um, he did his best and he gave us the hardest push he could. And then once his hands were off, uh, like he's, he fell on his face. Yeah. That's uh, absolutely uh, – that's apt. But he pushed all that energy into us. Yeah. And we went – up yeah and look at us now we're doing well yeah things are good my life is great i'm very very happy and i owe a lot of that to our parents we have our ups and downs all of us siblings do but uh our ups are are pretty high um and our downs are not as down as some people's the thing is you're gonna you're gonna face hardship no matter what Mm -hmm. Um, and they taught us how to do that with grace Mm -hmm. they really did i i I value that so highly they uh, gave us a little fortitude there are some things about mom and dad that are perfect. Yeah. Um, and that were exactly what I needed. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think I would be the person I am without some of the weird stuff. Yeah. Like, I don't necessarily think it was probably beneficial for you to jump out of a van. <laughs> but um, Going 20 miles an hour. It definitely taught you not to just do stuff because people say you couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. We were driving down the beach... We used to do this tradition pretty close to every weekend uh, when the weather was good where we, dad would load us all into the old Chevy van and we'd go cruise the beach. We Run live, the dogs. We live in a place where you are privileged, we're privileged enough to be able to drive on our beach. So we, we had a big pack of dogs and we'd run the dogs. And this one time we were driving and we would open the sliding door um, and like the kids would be in the back of the van with the door open and it was really fun. But when you're traveling at 20 miles an hour, 
It doesn't feel that fast. It doesn't look that fast. No. You feel like you could definitely run that fast. Especially on smooth, hard sand where there's no differences in the surface. You can't really, you have no scale uh, frame of reference. You yeah. Know, it's just, it's all blurry. So we're cruising. The dogs are running, having not any trouble keeping up with the car. So it's, it just seems like we're not going that fast. And my dad says, hey, anybody who jumps out and lands on their feet, I'll give you a dollar. Or no, I'll, I'll bet you. I'll bet dollar. you a dollar. You can't you land can't. on your feet. Oh, actually, he said it to you directly. I uh, thought it was a uh, general. Oh, well, maybe it's just because you were sitting by the door. Yeah. So, but I don't know. Either way, my dad says, "I'll bet you a dollar you can't jump out and stay on your feet." And before he had finished the sentence, Jake was out. <laughs> Has leapt from the vehicle. And uh, do you listeners know what a scorpion looks like? <laughs> Do you know what it looks like to have the, your feet land on the top of your head? Because <laughs> when I turned to look back, um, I saw Jake's face with his chin on the ground, uh, chest on, right behind him, feet on top of his head. Yeah. Roll, get, getting ready to do an inverted roll. Driving my face into the hard sand. Yeah. Every and hole on my head was filled with sand. And it was very hard packed sand. Yeah. And then so my dad started stopping. I jumped out, and we'd slowed down didn't, a lot. Didn't uh, Spunky jump out, and you landed on top of him? Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, Spunky jumped out after you, and then I jumped out after you and Spunky. He was and a good boy. we landed together. I actually fell hard, too, and uh, we were going not that fast. It, the amount the, – the quickness of the ground under my feet it was shocked surprising. me. surprising. It shocked me. I didn't know the ground could move like that. It was <laughs> – it felt as if uh, it was being pulled. Yeah. Um, it's a weird feeling. I, I, I recommend I felt, you try it, everybody. I felt the earth spinning that day. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and so, you know, we dusted Jake. I didn't fall hard, so I was fine. I, we, I went and helped Jake, and we got back in the van and everything. I, and I remember being glad you were there. He, he was shook up. Yeah. And so then we're driving, and everybody in the van is just, like, tense. When nobody really knows how to feel about it. Everyone's, like, kind of mad at my dad, and he's kind of feeling sheepish and uh it's he just breaks the silence and says oh well where's my dollar I guess you owe me a dollar <laughs> <laughs> oh god oh yeah yeah mom was pissed yeah rightfully so but i mean he didn't that was not his intent yeah she wasn't pissed enough to take her guitar and bail like the last yeah like <laughs> <laughs> we have several beach fights in my memory bank. Yeah. Where mom and dad were fighting. They fought all the time. Yeah. All the time. But I don't fight because of that. Like, do you guys fight, you and Brooke? Uh, like, yell at each we're, other? We're getting better and better at it. That's good. Uh, we've had a few blow-ups that we both regret really bad. But we learned from them. Mm -hmm. You know, we felt that pain, and uh, we connected it to our behavior, and we changed our behavior. So, When you're in those highly emotionally charged states, do you find yourself becoming mom and dad? Um, when I feel that coming on, I don't, I don't identify that feeling with mom and dad. I identify it with my past times getting there oh yeah um, i'm real big on removing myself when i feel it coming on yeah i, I run from it so i can gather myself mm -hmm. um and then i'll come back yeah i do that too when i feel like i can't. i've actually gotten it's, to where i can effective. i can end it immediately like when i feel it coming i can just shut it off um and let it let it kind of I, I guess it's not like I'm blocking it, but I'm just acknowledging that it's not real and that it's going to pass. I might as well just get over it now. I think we're a little differently or different in that. Um, 
I have a hard time expressing my displeasure. Mm-hmm. Um, I eat it, and until my pot gets filled, and then it boils over. I actually do that too. In traumatic fashion, or dramatic fashion, also traumatic fashion. Um, you seem to let it leak out a little bit. I make more comments freely. Yeah. yeah, if you're displeased, you, you're you're quicker to let people know. I, I try not to, and I I need to try to, just with without involving a bunch of emotion. Just say, hey, I don't like that. You know. Yeah, that's a good that's a good tool. I'm working on it. It actually depends on the people for me. Yeah. It's sometimes I'm great at communicating, other times no. Yeah. Yeah. It's part of uh, when you're close with someone, it's easier to be real in that sense. That's true. Because yeah. you're not afraid that they're going to misinterpret your intentions. Yeah, because you know they know you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. This, uh, it's 8.30. Um, I got to get back in the kitchen soon and start working on the kitchen. I'm, today I am tearing out a wall, reinstalling a subfloor. The hot water heater was leaking and also the bathtub leaked and the kitchen sink on the other side so the pantry is nestled in between the kitchen sink and the bathroom and everything in between was wet good good time to fix all that stuff yeah so i'll be pulling out some rotten where's floors. the hot water heater leaking from uh it was leaking up at the top we actually had that fixed but okay. this was a year ago it got it fixed and uh, who knows okay. how long it was leaking yeah but it made a lot of damage how so. how old is it I don't even know. Do you guys have gas? Mm-mm. It's electric. Um, yeah, it's electric. If you need help, I'm, I would love to come over and help. Well, you're already here. How convenient. What time is it? 8.30. Oh, yeah. I, I could do some shit. Um, you want to just go in there and look around a little bit? Yeah. Uh, this has been a really fun podcast. Yeah, I'm It went by it. quick. Yeah, it did. I, I don't even know how good it's going to be because I got... Forgot that we were recording a podcast. I, I we know. Just talking. It's, it's just been a good conversation. Um, we don't get to do this much at all. Uh-uh. We used to do this every day. What you're talking about with Kelly sitting down, making time to I talk I mean with, with you specifically. And not the small talk. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, we, we don't This was get a to daily thing that yeah. we did for Oh, we lived the same a childhood. Long, long time. That's We're very similar in a lot of ways because we had the same experience. We were the boys. Yeah. yeah. Where are the boys? When Sometimes when uh, people... Tell me stuff about your life that I was that I didn't know already. It hurts like, a little bit. People who I who don't know you as well as I do, and yeah. then they want to give me their interpretation of how you felt about it. I'm just like, you don't know. That's yeah. wrong. And maybe mom. Yeah. Mom doesn't know you as well as I do, even though she she might know guys, different versions. You guys know me in different ways. Yeah. Um, there are times when I I've thought that I understand you better than you understand yourself. Um, I, this is not one of those times. In, you seem in, like you're figuring shit out. In some aspects, you probably have. This is, I would say probably when I was in college and you were in Idaho. Yeah. I used to feel like, oh man, I got some stuff I want to, I was learning tricks. Yeah. Uh, I was learning these life hacks. Yeah. No, you've uh, been a big part of my personal growth, even with our limited time together. Cause you know, we're grownups now. We have lives and responsibilities. Um, I, I go to you for a lot of stuff. Thank and you. And I, I take what you say to heart. I'm really trying to figure this life thing out. Yeah, you're doing it, and you're helping me. It's it's important to me. I I know I've said this a bunch of times, and it's kind of depressing, but I really don't want to waste these years um, being complacent and, and just sitting around or, or even doing just – I don't want to do stuff passively. Yeah. I want to – like the fact that we have the power of foresight to yeah. be able to look into the future, pick a reality that we want to exist, and mm-hmm. then go towards it. Yeah. 
Most animals can't do that. No. So if they you're not, react. if you're not doing that, you're fucking up. Yeah. And it's it's but time it, to change. On the other side of the coin, if you're doing it, and life is telling you it's not the thing you should be doing, you got to be open to that. Yep. Flexibility you know? is important to yeah. put in there too. Yeah. That's the game. Balance. Balance that out and figure out where you can bend. Yeah. But I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad that you're such a deep thinker. Me too. And that you, you've shared some insight with me. Your psychology degree has helped me a ton. It's helped me too. You know. And not in the ways I expected all the time, but uh, yeah. it, it's definitely helped me. Yeah. I like I, I still think about thinking a lot. Yeah, it's good um, to think about. Yeah, a little metacognition. Mm-hmm. All right, well, I think we'll wrap it up then. All right. Everybody, thank you for listening. I hope that... Um, I hope you guys got to see a little bit of who we really are. Yeah. It's This has been very much unfiltered Nesbit. Well, on that note... How applicable. Thank you, everybody, for rambling along with us. It's been a pleasure. I'll see you next time. Fun voyage. We out. Chest now, say it with your chest I'm now. Young, I'm free. Can't nobody take me here and now. It's my time to run it out. It's my time. It's my time. It's my time to run. I'm young. I'm free. Can't nobody take me here and now. It's my time to run. to all the haters cause you proved to me yeah. that rising to the top was my destiny yeah. and you can see whatever from behind me but I'm still fly I'm still fly I know I'm still fly I'm still fly let's go it could all be worse I could be a hater like you it could oh. all be worse make the man but that poison's gonna kill you from the inside out It's time To say it with your chest now Say it with your chest now I'm young, I'm free Can't nobody take me here and now It's my time to run it out It's my time, it's my time It's my time to run Say yeah, yeah. If you gotta walk, say yeah, yeah. Everybody's going somewhere, yeah. Young or old, I really don't care, yeah. Life has never really been fair, yeah. So put your fist up in the air, yeah. Say yeah. I'm young, I'm free. Can't nobody take me here.
change. 